So if we want to pull up any videos or anything, we can okay. right there on the on the TV. Um, <clears throat> so we're recording All in right. the studio. Uh, Life Unraveled, you guys are the 29th guest on this uh, particular, uh, like I was telling uh, Allie just a second ago, I do uh, like some different shows on the podcast for that way. Uh, we, uh, My wife and I own a martial arts school, so I obviously talk about martial arts a lot. And I try not to do that when I'm doing it right now. But uh, I'm here to talk to you guys about what you're doing. Allie Tomlinson and Kim Keller. So tell me a little bit about your organization real quick. We are a mom, a meeting of minds. We are essentially a resource portal and a support group for caregivers and children and self-advocates for people that have autism. So we like to connect parents and caregivers to each other so that they have that support group. Um, autism can be very isolating uh, just from some of the, the issues that our children face. Definitely. And so we bring them together and there's that support there. And then we bring in guest speakers that are experts on all areas of life for people with autism. Mm -hmm. nice, nice. Do you know anything about autism or is this Well, just... I, I have questions for okay. sure. For right. sure. My, my first thing is like um, just um, – how did you guys get involved with this? Like, what what was the interest you have? Like, I mean, what got you going down this path, if you don't mind me asking? There's actually two well, other, yeah. yeah there's four, four co-founders, so two of them are not here today, but we all have. Uh, they could come on next time. Perfect. Shannon, right? Shannon Brown and Gina uh, mm -hmm. Foster. Mm -hmm. and we all have children that have been diagnosed with autism. Shannon is actually the only one that has a girl, and we did not know each other until we just came across each other's paths just happened to be all in the same acting class or just you know here and there but um, the only school mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. only thing that brought us together was actually our children and their diagnosis and the struggles that they have and what we were getting them into to try to give them the best possible chance and like uh what we decided was is that it's hard enough to have friends you know as adults just you and i and you know, for our kids with autism, it's even more restricted. And so we wanted our kids to have that chance to make those bonds and stay friends with people. And it grew into something more. Autism is basically social behavior, communication. Um, it, it affects that. It's a disorder. It's not a disease. So this is something that you're born with. It's not something that can happen to you later on in life. You know, you might be diagnosed later on. No, that, yeah, that was one was of that, my questions mm -hmm. was it is, okay, so there seems to be some speculation about this. Of and course not, there is. Not uh, any, uh, to trying to bring up any weird controversial issues. No, but, ask us uh, all So the there's, I think, two schools of thought that people uh, are solely born with it. And then that um, possibly it could be developed due to certain vaccines. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. Do you guys know anything about that? Um, well, what, what we do know is that there is scientific evidence that there is autism. They have found, um, like, some of the genes, some of the traits mm -hmm. already. Yeah, yeah, I wondered if it wasn't genetic or... or... There's also environmental mm -hmm. factors that yes. can play a role. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, they really don't know what causes mm -hmm. autism. Right. And, and you, has it always been a thing, yeah. like th for all time? Definitely, but it's rapidly growing. The CDC just released our numbers. We're 1 in 59 this year. 1 in 59 people are going to be diagnosed with autism. Last year it was 1 in 68. 
the year 2000, it was like two, 250. Two, 250. Mm-hmm. It's a rapidly, rapidly changing. Do you think that's due to population growth or just awareness of the actual disorder exactly. and, and like globalization? We're able to like, there's just all these new forms of media mm-hmm. or what do you think? The, do you think it's rising for a reason? Well, they, they have changed the um, I guess the the scope of autism mm-hmm. it's, it's gone from autism and Asperger's and pervasive yeah. developmental disorder to an umbrella disorder called autism uh, spectrum disorder. Okay, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. So and then so Asperger's um, is so is that is that still recognized or is it it's got kind of the it's we, no longer a diagnosis. It it just falls underneath the spectrum. That and that makes sense to me as I as I had. Um, Asperger's explained to me um, by a few different people. But what would you say the key difference is people were dividing into those two categories of uh, diagnosis or whatever? I would say it has to do with social skills, Mm -hmm. um, ability in school, Mm -hmm. like IQ, um, able to function. Well, that was, you know, your Mm high-functioning autism. But you've got people who can go up and talk to a stranger but can't button their pants. You've got people that can't tie their shoes or can't jump flat-footed, but, you know, can sketch anything they've ever seen. And so where you're high-functioning here, you're low-functioning in another place, and it was just you're not able to actually say you are high-functioning autism because what help could you get there? They just expect you to, you know, not have any deficits at all. And I think high-functioning autism is a little bit of a a deception because... Mm -hmm. People that are high-functioning and have autism still have autism. They mm-hmm. still have sensory issues. They still have social skills. It's just that they blend in a little better. Yeah, well, and here would be uh, my curiosity as well is like, um, so first question, does, do you think that does autism impact IQ or do you think that that's a separate? So you, let's say people are born with higher IQs and lower IQs or develop higher IQs or, or however that works. I don't know. Most but, people but, go ahead. Okay. Most people that have autism are diagnosed with something else also. Mm-hmm. It could mm-hmm. be um, epilepsy, mm-hmm. anxiety disorders, learning disabilities, mm-hmm. processing disorders, GI problems. There's the list is endless. We actually thought about bringing you a list and then we were like, no, this is an untapped audience for us. Let's just stick to what a foundation of what autism is, what stimming is. Yes, we did not want to overload you here. Yeah, well, and hey, you guys uh, feel free to, uh, because I I was thinking all week of just some questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And and that was one one I wondered about is if, um, you know, just Basically, you're going to have people that have have uh, are on the autism spectrum that have a really high IQ, but you might have people also that have a lower IQ than average, or is is that what we could say? Well, your typical person, average mm -hmm. and above, your typical person walking around that is not diagnosed with autism, you're going to have average, low average, and so you can't really base it on something like that. No, we're all going to be different. And so there's going to be a lot of things that play into that. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, and too, so you said like um, people have uh, also other disorders, which several people that don't may not fall on the autism spectrum may have those disorders as well. Mm-hmm. So right. it's that's that's interesting to think about the various combinations of how the, uh, your IQ could interplay with what, because I mean, I know people that have, have anxiety and they 
maybe they are on some sort of autism spectrum, but probably not. They appear to be holding, you know, the, all of their social interactions to uh, a degree. But I mean, I have, um, I've had kids in classes um, over the years at our martial arts school that have had, um, that have been some, some form of this over the, you know, three or four years ago, Aspergeric or however, I think that's the way you would say it, Aspergeric. They've been di diagnosed with Asperger's uh -huh. um, or were autistic. And it is definitely, um, it, it is a, a challenge uh, to figure out the best way to interact with that. I mean, it's a challenge it to is. figure out how to interact with any kid, but mm -hmm. then it's, you know, you have to be very uh, unconventional, creative. You're My assistant instructors, we have to work with them. Um, and we, we, we do the best we can with mm -hmm. that and, you know, but we run into it in art cause we have over, well over a hundred kids training. We were actually going to ask you that if anyone in your martial arts class come in with autism or Asperger's. Yes, I have, um, I have one kid right now. Um, and he's been, he's been kind of on and off a couple of times. Um, but, um, he, he's doing better than ever actually. And first so like we have big classes mm -hmm. so that is um challenging yeah sort of sort of a downside in a way maybe but but maybe maybe beneficial sorry this is my crazy alexa over here i was listening uh, it's pretty cool to listen You're to music FBI, ain't it? yeah i know yeah i know it's like we're already recording anyway so you got a lot going on in here yeah but um <clears throat> Something like with autism, um, like coming a, a student coming into your class, if my son was to come into your class, it would be weeks of preparation. It would be discussing, you know, what to expect. And when he got here, you know, we may want to do a tour and see other kids. You know, we actually have, we do all this with all kids, but, um, and we usually will like um, stretch it out a little bit because uh, I have several assistant instructors, but we do this process for all new we try to do adults too. It's just more difficult, but we do it with all fitness members and we do it with all kids and teens, but they come in and they do these two intro lessons and their very first day we put them in a uniform. Are and those private? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, sometimes there's a class going on, but okay. we can work around that too. Cause we have a lot of assistants that do the intro lessons besides, uh, Cora and I. Mm -hmm. And, um, they come in, they do intro lesson one, they wear a uniform, it uh we stock like tons of these uniforms to, and we put every kid in one whether they sign up or not mm -hmm. and they can just keep it if they don't but usually they sign up and um they go through like all the white belt moves you know all the mm -hmm. beginner stuff hey you're gonna stand here you're gonna bow in we do a student creed with like ages uh, so we have three to four year olds, five to sevens, and then eight to twelves, and we do this little student creed with those age groups. So we'll we'll tell them about that and just kind of prep them for all the stuff. And then the second class, they come back and uh, it's kind of a review, and then we uh, we give them a white belt. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you can come to class now, and they know everything to expect. Mm -hmm. That's just an overview, like. But we do that, and then certain kids we might have to do three or four of those, right. or. We might do private lessons um, with an assistant while they're, like what you said, kind of preparing, you know, mm -hmm. hey, this is what we're going to be doing. Two people I know work with groups of kids in their gym that are groups of kids on the autism spectrum exclusively. One of my friends in Little Rock, and then they have a, a program they do at our, our 
my coach owns a gym in Bentonville that's huge, like 20,000 square feet or something like that. So, um, but they have a whole class that they work with and we talk with them and talk back and forth because we only have, uh, like I would just say isolated in different sections, different days. We need to get something going. My boyfriend specifically told me to not put you on the spot like that, but we need to. No, we, we definitely could, whether it's a, whether it's an event. Um, what we need to do is we need to talk to Cora about it. She is, she is the backbone of all of the everything like with to do with networking and stuff. I'm actually, uh, I was talking with you outside. I'm working on promoting, uh, this boxing show mm -hmm. fundraiser. I've seen, a lot of promotions. Okay, Facebook, good. all good. kinds of places. So that makes me happy because good. it's a fundraiser for our five hundred one c three. Let me turn my phone down. Um, so um, <clears throat> we're we've been promoting. It's our first time to do a boxing show. People were messaging me about setting up matches right now. The Hughes Center is it? Yeah, okay. it's going to be at the Hughes Center. It starts at 6.30, but mm -hmm. the doors open at 6. Okay. So uh, it's, it's going to be super fun. Um, it would be a cool cool night. Russellville hasn't had any fights in over 10 years. So okay. this will be the first time to kind of bring it back. And the last time they had it was pro boxing, which, you know, is like the last pro boxing fight I saw, a guy was like 18-0. and 0 hometown guy you know and the dude he fought was eight and 50 oh like he had lost 50 times right. so it's like and that guy beat him and knocked him out in like oh. the first round and it's like yeah yeah that's kind of what pro boxing doesn't that like. make you feel good that you're bringing it back yeah or, or yeah. are you nervous it, I, 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 it does i've got two people for sure fighting on the card um and then it's kind of, it's fun doing all of it. And it's not knowing that, um, it's a fundraiser for our, for our, uh, organization. We, that's gonna, and, you know, we do a few different fundraisers. We usually do like a car wash mm -hmm. and like we've done yard sales and stuff, but this, uh, may turn out to be a big enough fundraiser that we don't have to do as, right. as much, um, labor stuff. We haven't really applied for any grants or anything. Um, how are you? Are you guys going about raising? Uh, you have a five hundred one c three status, right? Yes, we do. What? Uh, tell me a little bit about what uh, what your goals are and what you're doing. Well, uh, a lot of what we're doing is that support within the families, mm -hmm. um, helping parents and caregivers actually be able to support their kids, and. Um, as far as fundraising, we just got our first donation today from Friendship and Star. We're so excited. Yes. Awesome. It was, um, they have been there supporting us since we mm -hmm. were, I mean, begging people to come, like begging people to spread the word, you know, telling people, like, let us help you. We mm -hmm. know how it feels to be lonely. We know how it feels to be scared. Yeah. We know how it feels to type into Google, you know, please Late help me help yeah. myself and, and just be you know, overloaded and not knowing what to choose from and not knowing if that was the exact place that we need to put our kid or, you know, even call. Mm -hmm. And even today, yeah. like we are constantly finding out of new, new programs, new resources mm -hmm. that we'd never heard about may have been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. There is no guidebook. There's no handout that you get when it, with a diagnosis. And in fact, mm -hmm. I think most parents would say is you go, you know, whether you're anticipating that diagnosis or whether you're, um, you know, it comes out of, out of nowhere for you. You go and it's like, okay, your kid has autism. Almost like we're sorry your kid has autism. Mm -hmm. uh, good luck. God mm -hmm. bless. Get out. And then yeah. from there, your pediatrician may set you up with, you know, OT, PT, or speech. 
but after that there there's, there's n- nothing nothing that there's no there was no source for us to mm-hmm. find information other than you finally get your kid to sleep and maybe he you know he's had trouble sleeping that night or whatever late at night and then you type in okay sensory issues or you know processing disorders mm-hmm. anything you can to try to help your child and it's it's an endless search. Yeah, and that's after you go through the grieving process. Mm-hmm. You know, you've yeah. got all these goals for your child when you're pregnant, they're born, and after you've realized that they're not on the track to be able to meet those goals and you finally get set up, you get on a waiting list to see a specialist. I was on a waiting list for over a year. We've got people with, you know, shorter, longer. What sort of age uh, do you... Is there like a, a general diagnosis? Do you start to notice the best? The best diagnosis is going to come before two years old, but mm-hmm. they they sometimes hesitate giving that diagnosis. Um, for me, uh, my son was 15 months old, and my mom retired nurse now. But she'd called me and she said, "Do you notice he doesn't look you in the eye?" And I hadn't. I'd never even had that thought. And all of a sudden, I'm looking down at my sweet baby boy, and he he doesn't give any eye contact and from birth most humans most babies automatically are drawn to the human face mm-hmm. i mean that's one of the first things that they gravitate towards and then to realize that your son doesn't ever look you in the eye I, it, it was hard and um, at that point i contacted the pediatrician he said well maybe some delays and about a month later i was like no come on let's do this and since then, anything or everything that I've looked into, if it was something that would help my son, he's supported us. He's given us suggestions. But sometimes it's a fight to get that diagnosis. And I had the fight. My son wasn't diagnosed till a month before kindergarten. And I was taking him to Children's at 3 because I thought that he had an ear issue. I thought that there was something wrong with his hearing. And so, I mean, I was walking out of Children's and making an appointment to come back in a month, and they were telling me that he was fine, that his ears were fine, his hearing was fine, it wasn't sensitive, because we were going to ball games, and he would lay down when the buzzer would go off, and he would just cry, not cry loud, but tears would roll out of his eyes. So I knew that something was going on with him. You would say his name, you'd always have to yell it before you could get his attention. And so um, I went to Council Associates. And they put eight different diagnoses on him. Asperger's 1, mood disorder, ADHD. Finally got in at Dennis Developmental Center in Little Rock. And that took us a year. We were on a waiting list for a year. That's how many people are trying to get in there. And if you go back to that number, if one in 59 people being born have Mm -hmm. autism, you know, that's... That's why. That's why I was on a waiting list. Three million people in the United States. Mm -hmm. That's a big number. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense of why I was waiting. But I was we were five years old. You know, I had a five-year-old boy that, you know, a month before he went into kindergarten, we got a new diagnosis of autism. And they say that, of course, earlier the intervention, the better. Mm-hmm. And so if you can start your child at, at two years old, going to speech, going to PT, going to OT, um, perhaps being involved in ABA therapy, which is a more... Uh, aggressive hands-on 20 hours a week you've got someone in your home helping you work with your child specific tasks yeah specific tasks and the sooner that you can do this the brain is more pliable then you have more opportunity for growth and for um, I guess more social skills more physical ability more communication Mm -hmm. skills all of that comes in and you know we're hearing of people that are not getting their kids diagnosed till eight or nine years old we're also hearing of adults 
even adults mm-hmm. that are not being diagnosed. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a shout out to people that homeschool their kids. You know, if you see some warning signs, get in to see your pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Um, if your child's in school, there are some telltale signs that, that school teachers, you know, pick up on. But at home, you know, you see your child every day and maybe you don't pick up on some of those things. And so we would just really encourage homeschool parents to, if they see the signs or if they're just curious, Google, mm-hmm. you know, look it up and find more information out, out about autism. There's, you, there's supports out there right. for you. And there's going to be a lot of denial with it. Mm-hmm. But the faster you take those steps, the faster you can get on the right track to actually help your child. And your child is going to need some help. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because we all need help. And, you know, you may hear, like I did, you know, your child may never speak. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember when he was four years old and he just started seeing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And I was uh, dropping him off at his therapeutic daycare where he received therapies. And I smiled and I saw one of his therapists and I said, you won't believe it. He's singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And she kind of stopped and I could tell she was sad for a moment. And I said, what's up? And she's like you know he may lose that because he was experiencing he would gain some language and then it would be gone again Mm -hmm. and he would gain language and then it would be gone and they find that sometimes people with autism when they are excelling maybe in their math studies or in their social skills another aspect will decrease or regress and it's interesting Allie had this great analogy of a rock concert and I really think that's something you should share with them well Our children have a hard time blocking anything out. So when you start to think about that, it is like a rock concert, like being down on the floor, all this music blaring, all these people, all these lights going off, and then there's a mosh pit, and that's kind of scary. And so we've got this kid down here in the middle of a rock concert, and we're trying to teach them something. A foreign language almost because it doesn't come naturally. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to block out all this noise. The light's hurting their eyes. They're trying to focus on you, but they can barely see you because everything that's going on. And we're trying to ask them to act a certain way, ask them to repeat what we're saying to them, asking them to go get their tennis shoes. So Mm -hmm. um, I just always try to, which it doesn't always work because we are human, but I try to remember that there's no blocking anything out. Like Mm -hmm. you right now, you're listening to me and you're not listening to the air conditioner or you're not hearing the lights buzz. You know, you're not listening to Kim breathe in the microphone, but our, but <laughs> or you breathe in the microphone. But the thing about it is our children can't do that. They hear everything. Mm-hmm. You know, even the lights, the lights hurt. Fluorescent lights mm-hmm. flicker, they buzz mm-hmm. and they are what is in every school room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their um, senses are heightened. Uh, my my son was sensitive to different types of clothing, and uh, it was kindergarten, and all of a sudden he started wearing his clothes backwards, mm-hmm. and I'm talking shirts, button up and all, pants, socks were upside down with the heels up, and this wonderful kindergarten teacher said, don't worry, it's probably just a phase. Well, like two years later, he stopped wearing his clothes backwards, <laughs> but, you know, it was something that went on, and if I tried to switch those clothes around, it was like I was catching him on fire. It was just not going to happen and you know sometimes you just learn to roll with it Mm -hmm. you just go with it yeah um do you think there's a lot of misdiagnosing that goes on i think i think there's missed diagnosing Mm -hmm. not misdiagnosing Mm -hmm. missed opportunities yeah think of how powerful the brain is 
do we really think that it's, you know, only got one way to fire? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. all it is. There's parts of the brains that's not connecting, parts of the brains that are firing different. Do we think there's just one typical brain and every single person is going to have that style? So I wonder, uh, how does uh, how does someone that is, you know, at an early age have been diagnosed with autism? So I, I talk about this a lot with um different people about your um your brain is not even fully developed till you're 23 to 25 right. mm -hmm. so let's say within those numbers um is someone uh, with autism you mentioned skills increasing and diminishing and stuff just like almost like it would seem like forgetting someone's name because you know too many people's names mm -hmm. that happens to me That's a lot mm -hmm. right but um what what do you think about that i mean uh, what goes on well, think about how much effort, like, let's say you're at that rock concert. Think of how much effort you're having to put in just to walk back to the concession stand. So think about our children in the world, and they're having to put so much effort on one task. Mm -hmm. Think of how much they're leaving behind, how much effort they're not able to put on anything else when they're just on that one. And something that kind of goes along with this is there's something called stimming. Mm -hmm. um, and this is just a self-stimulating activity that a child with autism might do. It might be a rocking motion. Um, it might be mm -hmm. a hand, hand motion, yeah. um, spinning. It, it might be spinning. It might be jumping up and down and flapping mm -hmm. their hands. And a lot of times people are like, no, don't do that. People are looking, you know, but what we've, what we understand is that if you let them do that stimming, they can kind of tolerate the environment mm -hmm. that they're in better. They can handle getting that new information. You know, sometimes you'll hear, look me in the eyes. No, that doesn't work with a child with autism. Mm -hmm. They've actually done brain studies where it causes fight or flight mm -hmm. in their brain. It terrifies them. They can't handle that moment. But my son, he can be looking over here, and you can be explaining something with pictures, and he will get everything you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can believe that. Stimming is what they're doing is they're putting x-ray sensory input with an activity that they're doing over and over again. And so... They are calming anxiety by self-soothing, mm -hmm. you know, um, spinning Expressing in circles. joy. Exactly. You know, and it can even, you know, when you think about an autistic person or someone with autism, you know, you even think about the person that's slapping themselves on the head, hitting themselves on the wall. That's stimming. And so that should be stopped. But you have to be careful. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want yes. self-destructive stimming. No, we definitely don't. But we also have to revert back and we have to figure out. What has made them do this? What has given them anxiety? And like with the running into the wall or the self-hitting mm -hmm. something, they need that input, mm -hmm. a deep pressure input. Yeah. It can be solved with like um, a deep embrace, mm -hmm. something that's giving them that pressure, that force on their body. It could be jumping on like a trampoline so they have that impact mm -hmm. of their feet hitting that trampoline. Um, you've got to find a way that it's safe mm -hmm. for them. But there is something that they need in that moment. Mm -hmm. It is not, you know, an attention-getting behavior by any means. The last thing they want is mm -hmm. attention drawn to themselves because, they, again, that causes interaction and that causes things that, that they're not comfortable with. Exactly. What uh, do you, both of your kids go to public schools? Yes. Mm -hmm. What sort of um, accommodations or, or you know, I mean, really how does that work out? Um, usually, if you have the diagnosis of autism, you're going to have what's called an IEP, mm -hmm. an Individual Education Program or Plan, and that is what your child will graduate on. And with that, um, your son may be in the third grade or fifth grade, but they're not working necessarily on third grade material. Um, some kids are going to be in a self-contained classroom 
where there is a teacher and a variety of disabilities in academic levels in mm -hmm. the same classroom and that teacher has then a couple aides and they mm -hmm. work on on um, each child's own plan mm -hmm. uh, which can be really challenging and uh, you know there are state minimums like one one teacher to how many students but to be honest though you know we actually need more teachers in the classroom we need more assistance because they need that one-on-one -on -one. other kids are going to be I mean, you were, you said regular it ed. earlier, how much of a challenge it was for you to teach um, students like our children the martial arts techniques. And so um, imagine a teacher in a classroom yeah, trying yeah. to teach. Well, that's um, my, sort of my... Um, so I almost... Uh, I, I, I was planning on teaching at a high school level. Okay. And I actually chose not to do that for a, a plethora of reasons and went and got my master's degree and now I teach um, some uh, just like entry-level college courses like Western Civ. Mm -hmm. And uh, but yeah, I was just like when I went and did my observation, I did the whole education program aside from two classes in my internship. And I was just like, no, this is not going to be I'm not going to write the lesson plan on the board like you guys want and many other things. But uh, like things like this, for example, uh, like I think that there's a, I don't know if it's because there's a need for teachers or what. I know a lot of teachers when they graduate have to move to get jobs and what have you. But um, like it'll be like, hey, just get certified in this and you can teach that. And, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was like getting adequately prepared either, you know, even through all the observations and all the courses I took. I was like so you're saying to me that I've had six hours of political science and you're going to put me teaching economics, American government, mm -hmm. civics, and like all the political science courses when I've literally had two college courses in that subject. Well, we, we hope that our teachers in like the self-contained classrooms have a master's in special mm -hmm. education. Yeah. I mean, and that seems like a necessity. Mm -hmm. And then, but I wonder too, it's like, how much preparation is the, it is a college, um, of any 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 local college take your top three universities mm -hmm. in the state would be like uca u of a and tech mm -hmm. um i wonder how adequate adequately they're preparing their people on their four-year degrees because mm -hmm. it's like with all with going through the education program alone and then all your gen eds how much are they going to prepare you in that other 24 hours mm -hmm. of coursework wow. Well, and a lot of, I think, um, getting in the classroom, because like we've said, each child is so individual. Mm -hmm. And you had asked about supports. There are a lot of things that we can do for our kids in the classroom. Um, sometimes movement mm -hmm. is a necessity for our kids. Definitely. Like exercise, or that's, that's what I was well, thinking a second like ago. In studying, mm -hmm. like there's a thing that there's like almost like a large rubber band you can put around the legs of a chair, and then the kids can bounce their mm -hmm. feet on it. And that's going to be a cool. form of stimming. What about like sitting on a ball, like mm -hmm. the sitting big fitness ball. balls? Yeah. Uh, be, having the right to get up after they've done maybe their Asked to get mm -hmm. up and walk and then be able to go back to the We should give all kids that, right? That's I agree. insane. Like, That's stimming. I'm actually stimming right now. I, have I know. I've been, I, I, yeah, mm -hmm. I was thinking about that when you said that. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, yes. stop tapping mm -hmm. the microphone. You know, thing. Someone with autism might take it yeah, to another level, but we all do it. We're all, we all crave that sensory input. You know, what about verbal, verbal stimming? When you, you know, you eat something and you're, mmm, and you need to do that. Or like a deep sigh. Mm -hmm. I sigh a lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do too. And, and it's not it, always It's usually bad. just it's a usually release. Just like a, you've got yeah. a lot. Exactly, because you've got a lot of this stimulation coming in. Your body can't take that. You actually need to put it out into the world. 
you have to release it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we've talked about the rock concert. We've talked mm-hmm. about stemming. Um, people with autism have a lot of sensory issues. Mm-hmm. They really do. And some people um, get overstimulated, and other people can't get enough of that stimulation. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were talking, and my son cannot go to the movies because walking into a movie, one, it's unexpected. Two, they're going to turn the lights off, and he's going to hear the whispering and, and the popcorn bags rustling. And then he doesn't like fiction. Mm-hmm. He only likes nonfiction, more like documentaries or scientific-type shows. We tried one movie. It did not work. Now, he has had to go with his, like, class, but I, I know that he did not like it. It was overwhelming for him. And then there's other people, like Allie's son, who lives for that movie you know yes. lives for that opportunity to go my son um craves that he craves almost being overstimulated he craves that deep sensory input that we were talking about like he is the person that will run and hit the wall run back hit the wall again and he is large and in charge he's a big chunk of love so you can hear it outside the house my neighbors are like oh here he goes again but we walk into the movie theater and he's overstimulated by the smell of the popcorn and all the people. So he starts jumping up and down and he starts laughing so hard. And then, you know, we walk up the stairs because we have to sit in the back. But the screen is so large and the lights are so bright and the sound is just cranked up. And the whole time, the whole hour and a half, or if we are unlucky, the two hours, he's just bouncing up and down in that seat. Like you would think that it is a trampoline. So the whole time, we cannot sit in front of anyone because it's to the roof. And he loves it. And you said, like, after the movie's over, you have to wait till all the credits mm-hmm. have run. Yes. And the lights come back on. And he goes down to the very bottom, and he has, like, a dance-off. <laughs> so that's, like, how he gets it all out at the very end. D- does he get fatigued? No, absolutely not. Interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of children um, that have autism have sleep-onset disorder. They can stay awake all night Mm -hmm. and stay awake all day the next day. But you have to understand everything they're taking in, it's probably pretty hard to shut that brain off. You know, just thinking about, you know, all the conversation we're having, something that's important for people with autism, like after being at school all day or after coming to one of your classes or after doing the movies, Mm -hmm. is to have a chance to go. My son comes home from school and goes into his room, and he... He unpacks all of the things that he's dealt with in the day, you know, mm-hmm. the emotions, the confusion of why something happened or why someone behaved a certain way, um, the stress of having to take a test, the joy of getting maybe recognized for doing good work, all of those things. And he needs that. Uh, he needs at least an hour, to be honest, mm-hmm. sometimes two hours to unpack all of those emotions, all of those feelings and process them. And then he can come out and he's just ready to face the world. Mm-hmm. And like right now, after school, he has maybe a 20-minute break before we head off to PT or to OT or to speech. And it's hard for him mm-hmm. because he doesn't get that chance to decompress, maybe, is, is a That's good a great word, word. Mm-hmm. before going on to that next activity. And um, if we're going to go do, like, family outings, that kind of stuff, we have to plan time for breaks in between one activity and the next. These children are putting in sometimes 12, 13, 14-hour days. Mm-hmm. They're going to school all day, and they're yeah, putting in I therapy know. and therapy and therapy. And this therapy is supposed to prepare them to be able to maybe live by themselves, maybe not, you know. But to survive walk, in this yes, world. to survive, walk, Life skills. talk, anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to accommodate our children in certain ways. So because they're getting all this stimulation, so they won't have a meltdown. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see that. You know, you come across a kid in Walmart, and we keep saying children because we actually have children, but we cannot forget that these children grow with up. autism grow up to be adults yeah, with autism. We cannot that. forget that. Well, you know, we say children because we have children right now, mm-hmm. but we know so many children that have grown up and are forgotten about and they don't get any help anymore and they're left behind and that's another thing is like the services stop for our kids as Mm -hmm. soon as they're out of high school it's done it's done now there are waiver programs Mm -hmm. and we're excited about that you know um but there's long list for those waiting Mm -hmm. programs uh for those waiver programs and you know a Oh, the waiver program, it's its exciting because what that does is it bring, it's a little bit of, of respite care. It, it brings in this care worker, somebody who obviously wants to be there, you know, and they may take this person shopping. They may help them around their house. They may make sure that they're taking care of certain body care type things, you know, make sure they're taking care of themselves, brushing their teeth, that kind of stuff. And um, that program needs more funding. If we've got one in 59 being born, we need more money to fund, mm-hmm. like, the waiver program. Do you have an estimate, like, uh, st- for this, or uh, a stat on the state? As far as, like, the waiver list, there's well, over 3,000 waiting right still. now. Well, what about just a uh, population of Arkansas that has uh, been diagnosed? Um, a, a, a co-founder of ours, Shannon, she had done some research, and she had come across some research saying that one in 44 in the state of Arkansas mm-hmm. will be diagnosed with autism. And one in that number, like, let's go back to, like, the whole, you know, the everyone, one, one you know, 59. one in 59, one in 100, and was it 84 89. or 89 of those are just our girls. So it's much more popular in boys. 4.5 times more yes. likely to be diagnosed as a boy. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. And and we've you know Shannon is our go-to person on this because she she, you know she has a daughter, and a lot of what she's experienced and what she you know in her research that she's done is that girls are overlooked. Mm-hmm. They're overlooked because girls are expected to be quiet and to blend in mm-hmm. and to not you know be acting out. And so these these girls with autism, they're socially pulling back anyhow, and that's okay. And then she, we have the people know, that accepted. say exactly the people that say you know those are hormones. You know, this is happening because of their menstrual cycle or anything like that. You know, we have people that overlook females because they are females. Mm-hmm. And so is that the reason why they're getting pushed back and they're just not being diagnosed? And then they go into, and when they are diagnosed, they go into a classroom that is dominated by boys. By boys. You know, yeah. you've got two mm-hmm. girls in a class of 15. Mm-hmm. And it's a scary place. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, it's scary hard. for me when I walk into a place. If I walk into a parking garage, I myself carry my keys in a certain way because it's full of men. I couldn't imagine being a girl that needs actual time to process. When someone speaks to someone with autism, you actually have to give them time to process. About 20 seconds. Yes. Don't, they, don't keep asking mm-hmm. them questions. So a girl with autism completely overflown by someone, you know, by boys and having to process everything that's going on, it's scary. Mm-hmm. But, that you know, talking about language um, with autism, a lot of times there is that processing delay. Mm-hmm. And so... If I am talking to my son, I'm going to say, you know, I need you. I mean, did you have a good day at school? And he's not ignoring me. He's trying to figure out the right things to pull up to communicate to me. Or, you know, what did you do today that you really liked? You know, there's there's a time delay. And um, also with autism, there's something called echolalia where there's a lot of uh, repetitive speech. Um, it may be a phrase over and over. 
and it's interesting. Like he had some of that when he was younger. He he has a form of it now, but like we replay conversations, funny things that have happened, you know. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, "Mom, do you remember that time?" And I'll be like, "Oh, it's so funny." And we go through the whole story again. And it's several things. One, it brings joy to him, and he he knows it brings joy to me because I laugh, you know, and I think of the story and it's funny. Two. It's a conversation. He knows what to expect. Mm-hmm. He knows yeah. he doesn't have to anticipate what his answer is going to be. He doesn't have to try to filter out, you know, or read between the lines or understand anything else. All he has to do is we replay that conversation and it brings joy to him. And I mean, we do it mm-hmm. every single day. And there might be something in that conversation that they're trying to get across to you that has actually nothing to do with the point of that specific conversation. But if you will dig a little bit deeper, you might be able to find their need, their want, or what exactly they're trying to get across to you right then. Or maybe that was something fun. Can mm-hmm. we do that again? Mm-hmm. Um, but but language and speech is is uh, is challenging for someone with autism um, when it comes down to like figurative language. Yes, it has to be very concrete. Concrete thinkers. Yes, we cannot. You you can't use figurative language. You can't use sarcasm. Mm-hmm. It, it's lost. Mm-hmm. It is, you use sarcasm, you are terrifying and mean usually mm-hmm. because, of course, you know how sarcasm is, it, it, the way that it plays on words. And like, um, for example, I said to my son, you know, I, it was in the summer. I'm like, hey, boys, we're going to head to the park. Why? Well, I just need a change of atmosphere. Well, Mom, our house and the park are in the same atmosphere. He's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, exa- that's exactly the feeling I got when he said that to me, and and so you know, raining very literal, raining mm-hmm. cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. Think of all the fr- you're pushing my buttons. Mm-hmm. All of you know, I remember getting saying, on my nerves. I remember what, he's none like, of those things where, mean. Where are your what buttons? They say. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so those are weird though. Mm-hmm. They really all of, are. All of that is a it, uh, is a and sort we use of that a, every day, every day, and, and if especially when you live with someone, I've told my son that I will work on that. Mm-hmm. And then trying to have conversation. And mom, you're doing it again. Mom, no. Mm-hmm. Mom, that's figurative, figurative language. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you know. And a lot of our children work on that in Class. occupational therapy mm-hmm. and speech therapy. And so they'll come home and they'll be like, no more puns. No more puns, please. No more puns. Or, you know, no more sarcasm today. And then if they try to be sarcastic, they will really give themselves away. Like they'll be like. Because they're actually having to work on it so hard because they incorporate that into therapy. Because in school-based therapy, they're having to go over what they need to use in school to be able to get through school. Mm -hmm. And that's something that they have to use through school to be able to actually communicate with their peers. Because we use it so much, they can't communicate with their peers without using a figurative language. That's interesting. Uh, that reminds me of um, I took a class on logic when mm-hmm. I was in an undergr- uh, undergraduate, and when we went over all the fallacies, that's basically you know like, mm-hmm. hey, well, that makes no sense because it's a fallacy of hasty generalization, mm-hmm. or um, well, there's uh, I've got a whole book on it, mm-hmm. but like newspapers, the sayings, mm-hmm. that's you know you mentioned puns, mm-hmm. like all of those contain these fallacies, verbal irony, slippery slope, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sarcasm. I mean, it's um, that's interesting. I hadn't really uh, I hadn't really paid uh, thought about that very much. Mm-hmm. And and still staying with language, like the processing of information. So. If you are trying to communicate something to a person with autism, it needs to be literal. It needs to be step-by-step with 
a lot of times reasons why mm -hmm. it needs to have time limits and time frames and so you know in in preparing now he's much better now but there was a time when I would make a picture of a clock of a certain time and write we will be going to grandma's house at 6 p.m. we will have a birthday party we will head home around 8 p.m. and I always put that time later than what I thought because if I said no. 7 p.m. and we didn't leave until 8 or something like that God then, bless us all yeah I mean it's just overwhelming <laughs> for them no mom you said we were gonna leave you said we were gonna leave mm -hmm. you know and you know how how we do and we're at family get-togethers so, okay guys get ready to go and we visit another 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Hey, you guys ready to go? My son is like, give me the keys. I'll be in the car. Mm -hmm. No, you need to stay in here and say goodbye. Well, I, I already said goodbye. You're still talking. I don't know what you're doing. I'm getting in the car. Mm -hmm. and this, Sounds like my wife and I. <laughs> These things yeah. can cause a meltdown. Everything yeah. that we've told you about, you know, the senses, the being overloaded, you know, not, not having time to process that information, this can all cause a meltdown. And the only thing that a meltdown is is a neurological panic response to the sensories and the situation around us that we, like all three of us at this table, we take that for granted every single day. Every single day we take that for granted. And our children and these adults with autism, they don't get the opportunity to do that. It sends them into a fight or flight response right then. Some kids are going to just shut down and be unresponsive completely. I mm -hmm. mean, maybe just melt into a chair or onto exactly. the floor and unable to move, mm -hmm. unable to it's function. It's safer to turn themselves off. Or they're going to be clawing, fighting, trying to run, trying to avoid or evade that situation. Um, you've got kids that run it, run from classrooms at school. Mm -hmm. you got kids that run from, from parents in a store because you know, it's crowded, they're getting bumped into in the line, it's overwhelming, there's too much talking, the lights are buzzing, the intercom's going. Mm -hmm. They're not paying attention to the danger around them. It might be a street. Mm -hmm. They just might be overwhelmed, and the only thing that their body is telling them to do is get away from that. That's it. And, and something that we would like to say to society as a whole is when you see somebody who's having this meltdown in a store, you know, you may not be able to help. But please keep your judgments to yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, we have parents walk by or people walk by, well-meaning probably, but say stuff like, well, I think you just need to take him in the back and give mm -hmm. him a spanking, you know. My kid like, wouldn't act like that. Yeah, my, my kid favorite. wouldn't act like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder, I mean, is like without um is it obvious when you see um a, when you guys see a, a, ch a kid you're like oh i know that yes that, so, but most people you would say do not oh no, no absolutely. they don't have a reason to you are not you're not in this boat until you're rowing it without a choice and something like you know what you just said is well they don't look like they have autism mm -hmm. and i and there's a little meme that i just love and it says that well it's just the way we dressed them today <laughs> you know i mean yeah mm -hmm. no our kids do look normal mm -hmm. for the most part you may notice some little strange quirks about mm -hmm. them or something but for the most part you're just seeing a beautiful kid mm -hmm. who for some reason cannot figure out why they have to wait in line and is throwing a fit right. what's normal though you know what I mean? We're all different yeah, right here. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you love to get punched, right? Like, that's one of your things? Less and less on the punching, <laughs> but I'm more open to being choked these okay. days. <laughs> like, that's your thing? Yeah. But, so. I mean, really, we're all different. We all think differently. We all do different things. I mean, we all want different things out of life. If we, what are, what's our standard for normal? What's yeah. our, you know, we say the typical person. Mm -hmm. We say the typical child. Because, you know, the typical child, 
can see someone else shaking a hand and be like, oh, okay, I can mimic that. Our children, we have to actually teach them. They're either shaking them, like trying to take their Mm -hmm. arm off or or won't touch. You know, we teach our children, and we might have to teach them over and over again how to do that. I don't remember being taught how to stand in line. Most kids do Mm -hmm. not need to be told how to say thank you. Or how to be gracious when you get a gift. I mean, like more more than I mean, you do have to train them and when teach you're a them. baby and you know little but, children. But there comes a point when they get that. You know, you know how to say thank you when you receive a gift. It's it's natural. You don't even think about it anymore. You just you do know it. why to say thank you. Mm-hmm. What about um, like what about empathy? That, oh, yeah. we we figured you were going to ask us about that. Empathy. Um, a lot of people think people with autism do not have empathy mm-hmm. because they can come across as rude mm-hmm. or just. Uh, Brass and blunt. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a great way to put Mm -hmm. it. Um, People with autism struggle with cognitive empathy. Mm -hmm. That is reading your facial expressions, reading your body language, reading um, the tone of your voice, reading between the lines, reading in between the lines of the words that you're saying. They're not going to pick up on that. They can't predict your emotions. Mm -hmm. Inferences, very difficult Mm -hmm. for our kids. But... If I tell my son that someone is being bullied, I mean, it, it causes in him just a, a very strong emotional reaction. One, because he gets bullied. But his empathy level, and he's like, we need to throw him in jail. That's been illegal since so-and-so. It's, it's not just a rule. It's a state law. And, and in fact, it's almost over-the-top yes. emotional because he feels those emotions so strong. Any I do too. I like, I'm a pretty ardent crusader against that. Like, that's another reason is I go, well, Cora and I go do school talks all the time. Oh, really? And I see their pointless signs hanging all over like, the place. <laughs> we're like, tell us more about this. Yeah, well, we do. We have one we're doing for Clarksville Junior High here in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But it, it just different groups, different. Sometimes it's elementary, sometimes junior high, sometimes it's high school. Mm-hmm. It, it's we probably do something once a month or some somewhere. But um, <clears throat> it's um, that it, that is usually as simple as just calling and asking to go do it. No, really? Well, yeah. we'll, we'll talk afterwards. Yeah, we would definitely. Help. I mean, um, I, I witnessed my son and his friend getting bullying, bullied after school. Like I actually, well, got, the, the I actually teachers got do not report that. it is the, is the issue. Like there are so many issues. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but when I saw that and I actually got on my, I'm like, Hey, knock it off, you know? And I, I immediately contacted the school and had the principal in on our next meeting because it was something that that's unacceptable. Well then, uh, do you guys know, I'm sure about the zero tolerance policy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I saw a little eye roll yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, so you mean, like, here's the thing. I got multiple kids that do jiu-jitsu, and they wouldn't even hit you. Mm-hmm. But they would neutralize you mm-hmm. fast if you started trying to hurt them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? They would just put you on the ground and get on top of you. And, okay, are you done? Right. That's what actually Somebody we come help me. about. You know, and, mm-hmm. well, that's, you know, so with, like, jiu-jitsu, we... We do MMA with kids, so where we teach them punches, kicks, knees, elbows, boxing, kickboxing, takedowns, and then positions and pins and submissions on the ground, right? But then we also have a jiu-jitsu program where it's more like self-defense against all that, but we're really just like you work from standing on the ground, but you're not like hitting at all is that you know? where you find your calm your peace first a lot, a lot of people yes okay. um you know it, but still some people you know in mma where you're doing all forms right. of comment you know at the highest level mm-hmm. there that's where they're you know at their 
right. maximum, you know, potential or whatever. I was doing a lot of research, and I found that, I guess it was jujitsu, but the one-on-one, you're really, with someone with autism, you're dealing with yourself during that. You don't have to go to the mat or anything like that. And then the repetitive movement, mm-hmm. because they know what to expect, it's a great sport with for someone with autism. Yeah, yeah. No, um, that judo also, like mm-hmm. uh, judo is one of our nonprofit programs that we offer. So, um, like we do a, a nonprofit boxing club and judo, and then we vet veterans or law enforcement, military types. They can train also um, in uh, one, uh, one of our adult programs. So we do some different stuff with with our five hundred one c three, but. Um, yeah, that zero tolerance policy would be like, Hey, somebody came up and pushed, uh, Arliss, my jujitsu kid into a brick wall, which happened to me in eighth grade, by the way, somebody just pushed me from the side and i like went face first into brick wall. Luckily, like I didn't knock any teeth out or anything crazy, but it was like hit my, like the side of my head and my temple and stuff. So. You know, it's like, uh, so somebody, let's say, well, we, A, we teach them to defend against people mm-hmm. pushing you from the side like that. And it, let's say it happened, and then the kid that pushes him into the brick wall punches him three or four times after he falls on the ground. It's like, yeah, no, my kid can sweep him over to full him out and hold him down until a teacher comes and rescues him. And there he's going to get the same punishment mm-hmm. as the kid that pushed exactly. him in a brick wall. That's I was just going to say, growing up, there was, and he's still my friend today, and little did I know I would have a child with autism when, when uh, I befriended this person. But he was never diagnosed in school. And what would happen was not only the teacher, or not only the students, but the teachers picked on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he we would come to school with his hair kind of uncombed and shirt untucked or sideways or dirty or whatever. And um, his brothers brothers dressed just fine. They acted just fine. His mouth would be open a lot of times and, and just had this look on his face. And, I mean, this is a kid that every single day when he got off the school bus, he was chased home. And he had to run faster than this other kid who was going to beat him up. And this isn't just like occasionally. This happened over and over and when he would fight back in school, then he was suspended. Or he was, it, it didn't matter what had happened prior to that. It happened when that teacher walked up and there's that troublemaker kid that doesn't yeah. fit in. By law, we have to send our children to school or we have to homeschool them. Our children are someone called socially impaired. They have a social deficit. <clears throat> I mean, that thing is, that's hard for our children anyway. So it's like, do we keep them out of school so they won't be bullied? Or do we send them to school so they can have that social interaction? It's a very hard choice that we make on a daily basis. What uh, do um, either of your kids have siblings? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My daughter is nine years old. She's older um, than um, Collins. He has a little brother. He's I've, younger. I've got a 15-year-old and mm-hmm. a 4-year-old. Yes. So Noah is 11 and Aubrey is nine. And there is something to say about siblings of special needs children. Mm-hmm. There really is. They grow up faster, and they grow up more empathetic for every person around them. And, and they have to deal with the fact that their their brother or sister has special rules and mm-hmm. different guidelines, and it seems like mom and dad spend more time with them. I mean, there's yeah. so much that goes into it. 
and uh, we have to make sure that we carve out that time for mm-hmm. our for our other kids and you know do that one on one or make sure that they understand how very important mm-hmm. that they are. And it sounds silly, but when you spend you know in the morning you've got your step by step guide on how your your child with autism has to get ready and there's all that time involved when they get home and and uh, the special diets that they often require due to food sensitivity and all of that you know i suppose it could seem like we're catering to them you know if you're coming from the the view of of another child mm-hmm. You know, well, why does he get to do that and I can't? Mm-hmm. Why does he have that why opportunity? Why do you dress them and I dress myself? Why do you tie mm-hmm. their shoes and I had to learn how to tie my shoes? And so I'm sure there is a lot of mm-hmm. resentment there. But well, why doesn't he have to go to this event? Mm-hmm. Why, you know, why do I have to? And so there's a lot to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter actually wrote a anti-bullying campaign and presented it to her whole elementary school. Because she sees how everyone else in school gets bullied, and she's been bullied, and yeah. then she sees how her brother gets bullied on a daily basis. One yeah. of my kids uh, in sixth grade told me she's a fight every day. Exactly. How sad is that? How sad is that? That it's not. It should. When we say zero tolerance, it should be zero tolerance. Zero tolerance for the perpetrator. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It should be like we're scared to bully. We're scared because we know that we're not going to ever get away with it. It should be none. We're not going to be named calling. We're not going to be, um, oh, sometimes they just pick. If the other person is not having fun, that's bullying. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're laughing and the person that you're doing it to is not, that's when it's bullying. We have a rule around our house, no one to quit with a joke, you know, and, and that's just kind of a courtesy thing. Like, you know, you can mm-hmm. tease a little bit, but then at that point you have to stop. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that in the school they need to know when to quit. Mm-hmm. Um there, there are names that when my son here, like we do not use the word stupid in our house. No. We uh-huh. don't. All that, yeah, oh, don't be so stupid. You know, mm-hmm. people use that phrase all the time. Yeah. But when you're a kid with autism and you've got some kid who's making aggressive faces at you. Or that, a teacher. Or a teacher. Mm-hmm. Using those kind of words, um, it, it stings, it mm-hmm. hurts. It takes that self-esteem that you're already struggling to maintain and tears it apart yeah we need to get together we need to get our kids with you and your yeah team. we can like i said we'll um you guys uh, do you have do you have cora on facebook too? no we don't well we will definitely yeah, add her cora wilson just mm-hmm. uh, add her and then like us on facebook too mm-hmm. d- because we're posting stuff all the time Definitely. but she does we she does women's self-defense seminars mm-hmm. um she does stuff at the boys and girls club um, I like we both do things mm-hmm. all the time. So. We need our kids. I mean, not first the self defense, but we need our kids to be able to feel confident in something. Because right now, our children are going through the stages where they're in denial about having autism, mm-hmm. or they're completely disgusted with themselves because they have autism. And what we're trying to bring to our community, and we're trying to work on at home, is it's not a bad thing to have autism. Autism is not a dirty word. We can say it. We can say anything we want to about it. It's not bad to have it. It's not a disease. There's nothing wrong with it. What's bad about having autism? It's like at home, you know, I I try to explain to my son that when I was diagnosed with ADD, you know, back as a kid, it was (gasps) ADD. Oh, I'm so sure. Yeah, you know, and and that, oh, you can tell that kid has ADD. Like it was a real negative Mm -hmm. thing. And anymore, we talk about it all the time. I mean, it's not a big deal anymore. Um, 
autism. We're just trying to put our, get our foot in the door just to say, oh, that person has autism. Mm -hmm. Okay, I understand some of the things that he faces, and I will have empathy towards that person. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people to get some understanding and um, let there be some acceptance. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's absolutely no, n no idea what causes autism. There's a lot of research going on mm -hmm. right now, but actually, I believe it's only like uh, the government five percent of the fund funding that goes into like research for uh, childhood diseases mm -hmm. and that goes to autism. I mean, there are a lot of more obscure, and not that they're not as important, but obscure diseases and disabilities that get a lot more funding for research. Mm -hmm. And then you've got this huge explosion of people, this population that is growing all the time. And we're not getting the funding. There's to, genetic to do that. labs you can go to to see if it has something to do with it. You can get a referral by your doctor mm -hmm. or by Dennis Developmental Center to go to Children's Hospital or somewhere else to see if it had anything to do with genetics. Um, there's different things that you can do to see if that played a role in it, but there's nothing that's pinpointed down. Like, what are some some theories? I mean, um, some theories are that it is a like like predetermined mm -hmm. with your genetics yes. like um already like they are showing like i said those studies that mm -hmm. in the womb there's already i believe it's like an overproduction of certain cells mm -hmm. that they can see that, that are actually happening. happens in the womb mm -hmm. um you know there used to be that horrible thing about the cold mother you know people with autism had a mother that was cold and frigid and and unresponsive to her baby and that's just not yeah. the case at all i was so scared that i loved noah into autism i just cried and cried i was like i never that's put horrible. him down he didn't lose any hair you know, baby, newborn babies, they lose their hair right in the back because you hold them too much. Well, you're the opposite. Yeah. No, this, this is like they say that, <laughs> yes. that, that mothers of children with autism mm -hmm. are just cold yeah. and uncaring. Mm -hmm. You know, Didn't I've, teach them any skills. I've never met a mother of a child with autism that's cold and uncaring. Now, she may be mm -hmm. like, okay, we have to go by this rule because mm -hmm. that is what she has to do to get that kid to survive. Exactly. You know. Mm -hmm. um, the vaccine thing, it goes back and forth, and mm -hmm. there are studies that say no. There mm -hmm. are some studies that indicate perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, the first well, person to put that out was actually he's not a doctor anymore. Yeah, so we understand. Because that, of that reason. We understand that. Um, but, you know, there's always that question mark, well, what if it's you've got your DNA and there are triggers in mm -hmm. the environment? Could that be a trigger that that sets off this DNA mm -hmm to you know for that development we don't know yeah. any idea we, i mean it's it, like mm -hmm. i said uh, earlier i kind of may ask this but like it's existed you think for all time like mm -hmm. people have always had autism to historically yeah i mean if you want to go to famous people we've got like right. you know albert einstein, einstein. you know mm -hmm. that kind of stuff I mean, we, we know that there have been people throughout history mm -hmm. that um, showed signs but a lot of times you've got to remember that when your child had some form of disability, they didn't go into public schools. No. There were the asylums mm -hmm. and there were institutions yes. that your children were sent. And you put them in an institution and you never spoke of them again. Or if you, if you cared about your child enough to not be able to put them in an institution, you they didn't go away. out. Right. You did not ever go out with that child. You never spoke exactly. of that child again. I mean, we still have, what, five institutions in the state mm -hmm. of Arkansas? We are an institutional state. We are leading. State. Yes. Yes, we are an institutional. Five institutions. Now, not all institutions are bad. No. Um, but, it, you know, there's just not enough care mm -hmm. for our, our aging of population of people with autism. Right. These are people that are not ever going to have the chance to be able to live by themselves. 
to be able to thrive for themselves, even if it's with a caregiver at all times, they're not ever going to have the opportunity to do that. Uh, so here's uh, something uh, that's uh, run across my mind. I was talking with uh, one of my mentors mm -hmm. uh, the other day. He came out and we we did a we went out to the shooting range actually, but um, we were we were hanging out and there was a guy that um, do you guys know David Krieger by any chance? Don't. Professor Krieger. Mm -hmm. I know he the taught name. for 50 years yes. at Tech. Slept in his office? No, oh. that, that was a different <laughs> oh, guy. Oh, that was another one. <laughs> Both of those guys, unfortunately, passed away. But uh, Professor Krieger. What a legacy. Yeah. The guy that slept in his office. But and he cooked hot dogs in, in, the in, coffee, in the coffee pot. Oh, no, but, I can't wait to tell him. Yeah. My, my son's a hot dog lover. Uh, yeah, in the coffee it. pot. <laughs> But uh, so, but uh, this guy's uh, Professor Krieger. Uh, his his wife passed away, mm -hmm. and then like two weeks later, he passed away. Mm -hmm. He retired while I was still getting my undergraduate, which was uh, like five six years ago. Okay. Um, well, he probably retired longer than that. But I got to take him for several classes. Then he retired while I was still there, and I went on to get my master's degree. But his wife was in poor health. That's why he retired. She stayed in poor health, but they had a son that was autistic. Oh, really? And now both the parents are passed away. So, like, what happens to that person? Like, that's got to happen a lot. It, it, it it's terrifying. Um, but that's mm -hmm. one of our biggest fears, mm -hmm. and this is terrible to say as a parent, but when you know all the things that your child needs, it is terrifying to think that you may go before them, but you, of course, never want your child to never. go before you. And, um, but can your child live without you? Right. Can will somebody will somebody mm -hmm. understand that this is what he needs when mm -hmm. he does this? Will they care? Because they're not going to be, you know, their relation, their blood. Mm -hmm. You know, will they care for him mm -hmm. like he needs cared for? And there are special needs trusts that you can set up for your child, and there's also the ABLE account. Um, special needs trust is monitored by a third party. They need to be set up by a third party, and this person oversees the funds on. Um, rations out if you will the living expenses and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. with the able account that's more of an account that um you can actually live out of that first. your child can is mm -hmm. part of that you know if he's got those abilities she's got those abilities mm -hmm. they can we should probably withdraw. tell you why you actually need those accounts um most children that are on autism if they're lucky enough if they meet the requirements they get to have social security it is a very let me stress this to you expensive to raise someone with autism mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that our children need that are not covered by insurance. And if you have private insurance, it's even harder. And if you didn't have coverage mm -hmm. for your therapies? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we've got things like pressure vests, weighted blankets. I mean, just the list goes on of things that are never going to be covered that we have to get for special our children. Special dietary needs. Exactly. Special, um, just the things that we implement in our own home mm -hmm. to, to help maintain. And you can never have over $2,000 in your account combined, savings or checking, um, if you're receiving Social Security if you're receiving insurance, so SSI. This is the reason why these are these specific accounts are set up, the ABLE account and the Special Needs Trust. I, I remember as a single mom um, that, I, you know, my son had qualified for SSI, and I thought, great, you know, I can, I can put money back because maybe he'll be able to go to college one day. Mm -hmm. Or, I'll, you know, I can put money back so I know that, that he'll have money to live on. And I was like, well, you can't have more than 2000 Are you telling me I can't save money for my child? Nope, you mm -hmm. can't. 
and they send you out, you know, and that's what paper you that you have to fill out. Did you save any money? Mm-hmm. You know, where is it? What did you do? You have to you have to legally tell, you know, mm-hmm. you know, SSI where where it where it is. And, Social Security office. And this able account mm-hmm. we're we're waiting for the state of Arkansas to actually put it into mm-hmm. motion. We're we're I guess months away from this mm-hmm. happening. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, able account. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that does is there is not a penalty for saving money for your child with Mm -hmm. this account. Finally, you know, we can do that in the state, soon do Mm -hmm. that in the state of Arkansas, where we can take a portion, or grandparents can, you know, grandparents like to, you know, put money in savings account for kids. Anyone can actually deposit into that. And there's actually, there's a list of ways to actually get money out of this without it being specifically like there's more rules with a special needs trust you can actually live out of this account mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if you need it for your Edu- home education education you know anything that has to do medically mm-hmm. so you can there's easier ways to get to take the money out for withdrawal it is going to be a beautiful thing that happens yeah. to these we're, families we're excited mm-hmm. very excited and, and that's a newer thing yes it's it, actually not even into play yet we're like we're waiting it's going to happen. It's been passed. But mm-hmm. We have to wait for all the papers to get signed and for everything to be implemented. And like, if someone wants information on that, we do have a little bit of information on yes, our on do. our Facebook page, um, like the AMOM page. Mm-hmm. And our last guest speaker was phenomenal. She talked about Social Security insurance and disability, and uh, projects like incentive to work programs for people with disabilities. Um, it's on our Facebook page. It was our April meeting, and she covered also about the ABLE account, and so there's lots of great information on there. There's a website on there they can go to, and they can see all the details that they need. Mm-hmm. They can actually go out of state to open their ABLE account if they need to right now. It has a list of states that already have that in process. Uh-huh. And and it's a video on there, so they can just click on the video and get all that information. Cool, cool. Are we overloading you right now? Do you feel like your brain's no, so no, heavy? No, 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 not at all. There's there's plenty plenty uh, plenty to talk about, okay. but uh, no, I'm just trying to think of uh, just questions to ask that I hadn't really thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's um, so. What about uh, how is your organization set up? Like, do you do you guys have a like do you do m- meetings? Uh, do you rec- or there's like you have a recruiting mechanism? Yes, do you have we a do. website? Like any of that? Yes, we do. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, and we'll show you how to find us here in a little bit. And then we have a meeting every month. And then sometimes we have family meetings. We have family months. We have um, one coming up in June. Mm-hmm. We're hopefully going to be really excited about that. Our, our meetings are for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, parents are free to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. because there are some times when you just need to vent right. because it is so overwhelming whether you're fighting for services or you're fighting with a behavior that you're going to have to figure out how to cope with. And so we want our meetings to be open for parents to just unload all of all of the emotion that goes into this. Um, we also want them to be able to focus mm-hmm. on the guest speaker. And so we, we keep our meetings just for adults. And then, like Allie was saying, we have these family events because we want to get to know your kids. Exactly. We want to have your kids in a place where they can be exactly who they are in a safe and supportive environment. Mm-hmm. And so um, we decided that meeting face-to-face is very important. Uh, there's so much power in that. There's so much uh, camaraderie that's built and made and trust and, and friendships that develop because of the visiting before and after the meeting and the just bonding over shared experiences. But we also know that if you want to come to our meeting, that most likely you're either going to have to have a loved one 
where you're going to have to find a, a child care provider that can handle the needs of your child. And that's um, so hard to find someone you can trust. We, a, a, a parent of someone with autism, a lot of times does not have a big social life. Um, like you've heard us talk about, you know, when we go to do something, it's a very planned out experience. We have to be prepared for everything. And then, you know, if it's wanting to go out on a date night, you know, or something like that with your spouse, with your girlfriends, with whatever, you know, you've got to plan that out. And you've got to find that person that can handle the situation in mm -hmm. your home. And so we know that if you're going to come to our meeting, that you have taken extra time to do that. But there are times you can't, whether it is your child just can't survive that night without you, so to speak, or you can't find child care or whatever the reason is. We want you to be able to connect with us on Facebook Live. And uh, it was actually Gina that really brought this into our, our group and um, we make sure that our meetings are Facebook Live. You can go on, either watch us in real time. Yeah, that's time a great idea. People don't do that enough. And send in your questions. And if we can get them in real time, we will ask right then. Otherwise, we'll make sure that, that the speaker gets those questions. And yeah, and the great thing about Facebook Live and, like, why I'm excited, like, that cuts out um, – having to store or upload mm -hmm. later oh it's great for us mm -hmm. because the information that we're not able to write down then we can go back yeah because yeah. we're living for this information too i mean as much research as you can do you can't pack it all in at one time and so and there's no way that i mean we're parents too and you know i work and so I, i'm we're busy we're busy mm -hmm. people so as much as we want to be prepared to answer any question anyone has you know right off the bat and we that, just might not be able to. And this is something that actually took us beyond just the River Valley. Yes. Um, I've seen that, like, the Disability Rights Organization has passed on information mm -hmm. about our meetings saying, hey, this might be a good resource. Um, different. Have you guys been, uh, like, uh, putting your meetings on the River Valley community, uh, community calendar? Yes. With Hope. Mm -hmm. With Hope. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. She and has been a great asset for us. We are so appreciative of her. Yeah, I, I saw her again. Uh, I was doing a radio interview for uh, the boxing show okay. last Friday, I think it was. Mm -hmm. But um, she she's always going Facebook mm -hmm. Live and promoting. I think she does their social media. Mm -hmm. So that makes a big difference. That's always been a focal point for our business and our nonprofit is having a good website set up, having social media mm -hmm. in place. And we have multiple pages, and then we had to set up kind of some automation of trying to send everything. There's different email addresses, but on my end, it all goes to the same inbox. Right. So there's different, like, brandings um, uh, We for our martial arts, our fitness, our nonprofit. But first there was the boxing page, and then now there's the umbrella. Uh, we do much more than just boxing. But it all kind of comes to me in the same way. Mm -hmm. Like, boom, it all hits the inbox. It doesn't matter what side it's from. It just differentiates. This is, a, you know, somebody trying to contact you through this website. Here's what they said. Mm -hmm. Here's their information. But um, getting that stuff in place has is, is been key for all of our, you know, growth and success. Because it's just trying to streamline people getting in contact with you or with your information. One thing we've been doing... And obviously, I'm doing with the podcast, so it's like building a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. So think about this, too. If you live in YouTube and Facebook at the same time, mm -hmm. th that's a really good idea. Yeah. YouTube has live as well. That's what I will do. That way, I, there will be no having to take the card out of the camera and putting it in this little box mm -hmm. 
which then goes to here and then I take it for and uh, import it and then edit it and then upload it and it's it takes really forever. Mm -hmm. It's already uploaded when you do live. That's perfect. You can go back and edit it in YouTube. Yeah. Something else that we're doing through our website is like if we hear of events, whether it's um, training or other organizations have um, something that is relative to our our community of people with autism, um, we post those. Um, and then we're also working on uh, perhaps like um, if we're having our meeting once a month and have like a, two weeks off mm -hmm. of that, have some kind of just individual training like um especially talk, talking about stemming, talking about, you know, uh, girls with autism, talking about mm -hmm. the changes that happen with puberty and how the, the things that can go on with a person with autism. See, yeah, so just, just brainstorming, but, like, if you did a video over everything you just said and it was, like, five minutes or however long you wanted to do, two things with that like uh, you could a monetize monetize your youtube channel over time because like here's videos that p like a if there's this many people that um you know then you, you have siblings you have parents grandparents you have a wide spectrum of people that uh, may consume that content so if it's mm -hmm. Um, how to deal with, or if deal's not the mm -hmm. operative word, but how to um, process when your child is stemming in public or whatever, whatever mm -hmm. it is, and um, you do your hashtags and everything, like, A, that gets awareness out. It's a resource you can share on other social mm -hmm. media. And I know people that, like, make a lot of money on YouTube, and it's ridiculous. And it's all because they get like thousands of views. Like we've only been doing our YouTube for the gym for like seven or eight months. And we're at like 3,600 views, oh, which wow. is not a lot. Right. But you're still moving up. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, Cora uh, keeps um, pointing out, like she did a video and it got the most views <laughs> in like two weeks. And I'm mm -hmm. just like, it's the most popular video on the page. Of course it is. But um, it takes time to build an audience. But the thing is, is it's a twofold purpose. It's like oftentimes on that YouTube channel, it's techniques that we're working on. We film them. Then it's a resource to the students, exactly. you know, so that in the same thing and it's endless content to share, mm -hmm. it's always going to be there. It's an archive now. Mm -hmm. So, um, and two coming up with stuff to share, you want original content as well, I think. Um, but that doesn't mean that people in California won't listen and appreciate mm -hmm. and you can network with them and we've had people contact us from new jersey just mm -hmm. a question like do you know anywhere that i can go to get help in new jersey right and and that makes us feel great yes. and we're actually like that's what we want to be able to do um you were talking about you know people and views and that kind of thing our very first facebook live we actually partnered with friendship um to bring in some information on setting up a special needs trust and um what was it Oh, it got so many. The number just kept rising. It was like a thousand views. By the next morning. By the next morning, something like that. It had been passed from our small little organization and the people that came and attended that mm -hmm. to people, their family in Little Rock, their family in Bentonville. Their, and it, it just spread, and it was yeah. amazing. And People need this type of information. Mm -hmm. People are hungry for it. They don't know where to go to get it. And if it's right there at the tip of their fingers, then they'll definitely use it. We met a mom today, and she has a child that's 20. And he's he's nonverbal. He speaks a few words, but he is essentially nonverbal. And she said, "I'm a single. I've been a single mom for the last seven years, and I've been doing it on my own." And she's I felt like I was doing it on my own before that, you mm -hmm. know. And she's like, 
I mean, I thought just, I was the only one. I thought I was, it's, I found you guys and I'm so excited about this and I can't wait. I'm coming to a meeting. I, you know, I've watched some of your stuff online and, and just, it, it is, it's that feeling that, oh my gosh, somebody else understands exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. Now our journeys are all different, but there's a sense of understanding, mm-hmm. you know, we understand the exhaustion we also understand the sense of victory when your child does something as simple as maybe holding a door open for somebody mm-hmm. without being prompted or, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. Of we a good understand the judgment. That's a big thing. Um, we understand that we have to be like the backbone for someone else at some point and tell them, you know, it's not our job to make the public comfortable for our children. It's our job to make our children functionable in the public and we don't have to worry about anyone else except for our job. And that's the child mm-hmm. we created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, too, it's interesting to think about, like you mentioned, uh, like different social customs or mm-hmm. norms that like wouldn't fly by so well. But it, here's the thing is those things are not universal by uh, country or continent or yeah, however exactly. you want to think about it. So. It's interesting. Some uh, some countries uh, there is no shaking hands, or mm-hmm. you know, yes, I, we talk about all these. All like the I, I, that would be my point of emphasis. Is like uh, I've been kind of talking about this. It's just like um, not you know why should you conform to someone else's way when that's you know if it's not a point of rudeness. I mean, obviously, if somebody tries to shake your hand, you should try mm-hmm. and sh- you should shake their hand. I feel like, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like. Did you wash your hands? Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, like, where have you been? We talk yeah. about, um, we have to teach our <laughs> children consent, which we should all be teaching our children consent, but we have to go into a deeper level. Like, you don't have to let anyone touch you, and you don't need to touch anyone without yeah. their permission. Yeah, now, Cora, uh, just because she teaches the kids primarily, mm-hmm. I'm still, I still, I teach a, a three kids classes a week right now, but mostly I do adults, but she's always telling them, and, and we both tell them this, like, if if you don't want somebody to touch you, uh, it's not okay. They right. don't get to. Exactly. Um, but then, too, there are these weird customs that mm-hmm. are not you universal teach our kids that they have to respect adults yes and you have to, to hug them go hug your grandfather go hug your aunt yeah you know, well this friend of mine yes mm-hmm. you know you I know don't, and we it, don't do that <laughs> joe rogan jokes about this on his podcast but he's just like yeah i'll i'll make whatever mouth sound you want like you know, just like I'll conform to your way of whatever you need to hear or whatever in this. And he's joking around about it. But at the same time, it's like that's what you're uh, that's what society is probably expecting kids on the autism and adults too to do is like, hey, this is customary even in this country or in this state, in this region, the exactly. south or whatever, you know. That's it's interesting well, to think about. It's interesting to even think about language. Like the United States does not have a designated language. Mm-hmm. English is not the United States language. Mm-hmm. It is the most common language, but people get so offended when other people speak the the language of their native country, and we forget sometimes that that it's not the law. To yeah, learn I always English. well, I always yeah, I always think that those people are usually smarter, especially if they can also speak English. It's like mm-hmm. oh, your uh, your exactly. IQ is b- higher than mine. I'm not bilingual, so exactly. 
Um, that's uh, anytime I run into someone that speaks uh, very rarely, I've, I've met a few people that could speak three languages. Mm-hmm. Super impressive. Mm-hmm. Like some of the smartest people. We say it all the time. Knowledge is power. Like let these people learn. Let these people use what they're obtaining. It's beautiful. I, I joke. I've got a neighbor that's from Iran and she tries to teach mm-hmm. me Farsi and she is much better at English than I am at Farsi, but she's just so thrilled that I actually want want her to explain some things and that's what we are it's a cultural exchange yeah mm-hmm. with the, but we want people to be part of our cultural exchange mm-hmm. understand the i would i would autism. just pick all the cultural traditions that work for your kid and be like well in china they do it this way so that's what we're doing <laughs> just we're make go. like an amalgamative <laughs> set of behaviors from all these it's different perfect. different cultures it's because perfect. i mean really uh if you take it back to a much more like nature type of approach of like um, all the stuff like the fluorescent lights mm-hmm. and, and like, uh, that's only been around for, you know, mm-hmm. I was talking, I gave a lecture this morning on the industrial revolution, super exciting. And, um, but it's like, like in 1893, uh, right after the 400 year anniversary of Columbus's, um, uh, pillaging voyages, they had this, um, like world expo in Chicago where all everybody meets and like Tesla and all the, you know, this is uh, the technology and they were celebrating the advent of uh, electricity in 1893. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you were talking about earlier, you know, has there always been people around and that may be a great point. Maybe people with autism stand out more today Mm -hmm. than they did in the past because in the past, maybe it was, you know, your child's just going to work on the farm Mm -hmm. or your child, you know, you know, that's no big deal. He can stay on, on exactly. My thought too would not back on the vaccines conspiracy. If it's a conspiracy, I don't know. I don't know what you call it, but is that, I wonder if, because you got a vaccine, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, is something in your DNA, or your genetics been altered by a vaccination. Uh, like my mom, I saw her over the weekend and she has this crazy outline of where they just hit her with this boom and like all of all of these shots at once. They don't even do it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, it is like a circular indention. Like it mm-hmm. looks like a brand. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's one thing I've thought about too, is like, is, is it something that the parents have been exposed to like, or the, uh, one of the parents or like that, that's been my curiosity. And I just, you know, I don't know. I, I can tell you as a parent, we have thought of every single Everything. thing and we've wondered, is it that, that I, was it this that I did? Was it, you know, what was it? But yeah, it was I'm definitely my fault. With, with the vaccines, a lot of times the, the time when you're going to notice like the lack of, um, language development the lack of social you know development is around the same time that those shots happen and so you've that's got why to people keep that draw a correlation well and and during that time you know your child may have a terrible react like high fever to it and so there's all these different things going on and you're looking to figure out why why has why is my child like this what has mm-hmm. happened and again, you, you do, you beat yourself up, you look at everything in the environment, you try to figure out everything, you know, was it because I was microwaving him food in plastic bowls? You know, I mean, yeah. what, what is it that we've done? And um, Noah was a little early on everything. I mean, he was, he was rolling over right after he was born, holding himself up. He was very strong. He was walking early. He walking at seven months. Yes, he and was talking early. And my son walked at 15 months. Yeah, I was like holding him down. Like, please don't do this to me. Like, you look top heavy. Like, be careful. And, I mean, 
he was, like I said about the hearing, but he was watching Lion King and repeating every word back to me. And that didn't seem odd to me because he was so strong and he, you know, he had good language skills. I mean, he was five in Walmart one day and he told this man, you're, I'm flabbergasted. Your shirt is utterly ridiculous. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I just like took my shopping cart and rolled away from him. And so it's going to be different for everyone. It's not, you know, every story is different. My son started reading The Ultimate Guide of Wiring, The Complete Guide of Plumbing, like you get Yeah, from that one boy I was mentioning from the gym, like he reads and like he's always reading something every time. His mom does personal training with Cora in the mornings yeah. and has um and he has a little sister that's like 2 or 3. Mm-hmm. But um he is probably 10 now. And we've been knowing them for probably three years. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, but he is like, he is, uh, his language has gotten better. He, um, and he's super smart. Like I said, I don't have a conversation with him and he's telling, skills. he's mm-hmm. telling me all of this stuff that he's been learning. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was super funny because, uh, one time I just assumed it was because he was consuming all of this information from all of these different places. And he said something about a gravity bomb, and I thought he said gravity bong, and I was just like, <laughs> like you got to take that book. Whoa, uh, <laughs> cool, buddy. Out. And then I was like, I said something to Cora. I was like, man, you're never going to believe what what he said. And and then, like, she told uh, his mom, and his mom was like, gravity bomb, yeah. bomb. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Colin, he was able to rewire the outlets in my house at like seven or eight years old. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, with supervision, of course, but he is constantly building some kind of electronic device. So that's his strong suit. And um, people would call and say, hey, could he come work on my plumbing? And he would go work on it. And what is, is that, uh, Do you know about the robotics team? Well, this is the very first year. My son has been in self-contained until this year. And this year he has gotten into resource math and resource English and a regular ed class called Project Lead the Way. Are you familiar with that one? No. Um, it is amazing. And the very first uh, segment of the class um, when he started this year was about creating an, a mobile app for disaster relief workers. Loved it. Fell in love with it. You know, got into the coding. Got into that. And then another s- semester was on, like, medical detective. Another semester was on robotics. See, there's a robotics team, uh, like Sequoia has mm-hmm. one, and we actually just sponsored them, and I taught a jiu-jitsu seminar uh, for, like, a benefit, took donations in Bentonville. Oh, wow. Uh, so we, uh, but they had to raise, like, $7,000, which Gosh. they did. Um, but they went to, I think, I think they, I think they're there right now. Uh, but uh, they went to this, like, uh, international championship to where that's, like, they get these kits and then they build these robots. It's, I don't know much about mm-hmm. the particulars of what they do other than two of my jujitsu kids do it. And one of them is uh, one of our board members' sons uh, for our nonprofit. And he probably is a genius. Wow. Like, I'm just like, dude, you got any advice for my YouTube channel? He's like eight, you know. And, <laughs> he's and like, then he's, he's like, like, yes. Well, let, let me think about it. <laughs> May- oh, maybe. Colin creates things like he'll come up with something in his mind, maybe have a dream about it. The next day he draws a schematic or a blueprint for it. Then he builds it. And then he, then he writes the owner's manual for it with troubleshooting. Wow. Noah's the opposite. He does not like to read. He does not like to do math. No work. He has plans for like 
a 23-story hotel room. Like, the first 11 stories are for the homeless people. It's going to be on wheels. So we can go everywhere. Do you, do you guys um, know anything about Forrester Davis in Clarksville? No. Yes. You do sh- you know about this? You? Is that with the the um, through College of the Ozarks? It's not through College of the Ozarks, but it's right next to right College next of the Ozarks. Okay. Um, my aunt is actually the CEO of that. Uh, her name's Joy Wilson. Um, you should, you, yeah, you should maybe get into, into contact with her because they, um, have like a special, uh, needs, um, they have all these things set up to where different adults that they work with, particularly, um, whether they're on a spectrum or whatever, they have like a laundry business and Baldor sends them motors oh, and they yes. get to put them together mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But it's like, um. Yeah, that's that's fascinating it's that he's like he's part, attracted to all those things. And part it is. They do have that. I mean, they have like um, one of my friends I graduated high school with. I haven't talked to him much over the years, but um, he he teaches over there and like um, runs like a, he uh, he was a music major, I think, but he does a choir for him. Oh wow! Yeah, so I think I think they're called like the Falcons or something. They have this funny name. But it's just a it's just a cl- different collective group of like it would just be like one of those classes you were talking about. It's like mm-hmm. probably not everyone is um, on the autism mm-hmm. spectrum, but there's a variety of um, limitations or you know um, whatever whatever the correct way of going about saying that is. But um, they're they're a great organization. She's done that my entire life actually. So and uh, they do more now than ever. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. Uh, That's exciting. Yeah, but uh, let's see. So you mentioned um, foods, uh, like being like maybe a trigger for for behavior. There, there's a couple of things. One, there is a connection with like um, allergic reactions to gluten and and casein, which is dairy and wheat protein. Mm-hmm. And I had my son on a gluten free casein free diet for about three or four years. Um, some studies at the time uh, shown that, that people with autism, that the gluten and the casein can act almost like an opioid to the brain, which would dull the senses, which mm. would uh, disengage them from more social behaviors, you know. And I know that some people still continue on that diet because they saw a huge difference in, in their child's personality being on and off of that. The other thing is texture exactly. and, and smells. and So it goes with those five senses. Those super senses. Like mm-hmm. my son has super hearing. My son has super sensitivity to textures. My son also has super sensitive to odors and to taste. And, to, and um, Everything is heightened. Everything. Oh. He, he will not eat homemade mashed potatoes, but he'll eat mashed potatoes that are microwaved in that little cup. Mm-hmm. He likes the texture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, you'll hear a lot of parents talk about how their kids eat nothing but chicken nuggets, french fries, and pizza. One, those are all packed full of gluten and casein, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of yeah. thing. The it's preservatives all, are so high. And there, uh, there's a natural attraction to there, mm-hmm. to that. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's a connection with the gluten part of it. But Well, their brains are already, they already want it. They already And they can't it. fight it. Everything else that's going on in there. Some parents feed their kids the exact same meal every day, mm-hmm. and they feel terrible about it. Mm-hmm. But on the same plate, with ketchup or whatever it is, in the same spot, in the mm-hmm. same cup, and the child is not tired of it. As mm-hmm. much as you are like, please let me give you something else. I love you, but you know, this is, this is my wife, Cora. Hi, how are you? Um. So that have you? Do you know anything about um? 
new uh, nootropics or um, neurogenesis or anything like that. Give us some more info. Okay, so basically it's, um, for example, there are like at least five types of um, non-psychoactive mushrooms that you could eat that are supposed to create neurogenesis, meaning it like forge, uh, forges and forms better neuropathways or creates neuro new neuropathways. Um, same thing with nootropics. It just helps you with like focus, memory, things of that nature. Um, just like almost like if you uh, ever drink anything that has like a B vitamin in it, mm -hmm. you're going to know, you're going to be like, whoa, if, especially if you haven't had any B vitamins in a while, it's going to almost be like uh, drinking coffee. Okay. But I wonder um, if, if diet's a sensitivity, if you could see um, with, like you say, you see a, a difference in behavior with the, with the little better diet, if you would see any difference in behavior with um, sort of supplementation. Oh, definitely. My, my, we, oh, go ahead. No, just our children with their diets and then their GI issues, because that is a big thing seen in the autism community is GI issues. We've got children with chronic constipation and chronic diarrhea. And, and so what about like yeah. a CBD? That would be another thing I was mm -hmm. thinking about, like non-psychoactive also. Right. Um, one thing about just back to the supplements, like people with autism, people with anxiety, they tend to dump out all those B vitamins. Mm -hmm. I mean, burn through them quicker. So you, fast. You see on the labels, it says, you know, B stress complex. Mm -hmm. And my son takes a B complex every day and he feels better. He functions better and he's more alert. Um, does he, does he have like high anxiety? He does. Mm -hmm. Um, he also takes magnesium on a regular basis. That's good. Yeah, yeah. The C, that's, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. that's they say their body cannot soak up all, you know, first they're not getting a lot of nutrition sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then what they are getting, their body has a hard time soaking that up. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah, fascinating. Mm -hmm. And as far as like the oils, are you talking about like perhaps like the, Yeah, like the, drops, mm -hmm. you know, the like that's a, yeah, that's thing. a big. Um, I, I'm not opposed to any kind of medical research. And mm -hmm. if they are finding that that is a, a valuable well, thing. Well, they are finding that it, it reduces um, anxiety, inflammation, whether that is in like your gut mm -hmm. or your Brain. joints. Yeah, yeah I mean, and just, yeah, but. Um, like my wife takes it. I take it sometimes. I don't take it all the time, but, um, I probably should. Mm -hmm. So, but it's very, very beneficial. Um, and two, it's, um, again, it's like non-psychoactive, but I've seen, um, for example, in recent years, kids that if parents have moved their kids to like Colorado mm -hmm. or, uh, places because, they need actually the psychoactive drops mm -hmm. to put under their kid's tongue so they don't have seizures, seizures. all day, mm -hmm. every day. It's Parkinson's sad. treatment. Seizures like, is something that does occur quite often in autism. And in fact, we've just started, my mm -hmm. son has just started experiencing seizures. And it's terrifying for him yeah. because he blacks out and mm -hmm. there's this time that he is doesn't know what happened. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's around the onset of puberty for a lot of kids with mm -hmm. autism. But, you know, epilepsy is common. Mm -hmm. We had one at four, right at four. Um, they uh, classified it as a seizure then. Now they classify it as a stroke. And with all the research that I'm doing, um, it looks like it may have been an autistic um, burnout. Just he was so overstimulated and was so, you know, just like we would burn out. 
but it was so much on him, he completely shut down. I mean, I found him blue in the bed and had to give him CPR. So, I mean, there's all types of different seizures, but it comes hand in hand for a lot of people. And it's very, very scary to know that, you know, some people, their children have 22, 24 seizures a day on Mm -hmm. a daily basis. Plus every other thing that we've talked about, which is, I mean, just the tip, just the tip Mm -hmm. of the iceberg, you know, that we chipped off here today. Has there been any experimental research you guys know about in terms of medications or anything like that? My son participated in a methyl B12 vitamin injection. Um, It was through Children's, and it was, uh, I can't even tell you how many months we participated in it, but it was, I gave him the injections at home. Um, And at a point, he seemed to become aggressive on it. It may have been a coincidence. There may have been other things going on in, you know, that I was unaware of type thing. Um, but there, there are research programs out there, and I think that um, it's okay for parents to want to seek those out. I think mm-hmm. sometimes parents feel guilty almost for doing that, but if you can get involved in something where, you, where your child's not harmed, but you have the potential of solving your child's problems or helping another family, you know, mm-hmm. find we had, answers. Yeah, we had a lady from uh, Partners of Inclusive Families come and tell us that years and years and years ago, the occupational therapist would rub tinfoil on the bottom of these children's feet during occupational therapy and f- as a form of therapy. And then that would put so much sensory input in them, they had no idea why they were acting out three, four, and five days later. But your body can hold that sensory input and then finally let it out. And then, of course, that's not therapy any longer, but that would definitely be kind of as experimental therapy to me. I definitely would not want my child, you know, going through that for very much longer. But how did we know that didn't work until they did it? Yeah. How old did you say your son is? Fifteen. And how old is your son? Eleven. Eleven. Does he have any like um like you said your your son's an amateur uh master electrician, mm-hmm. it sounds like. What, I mean, does do you notice anything My with son, him? Yes, he can memorize things very easily. But the thing about Noah is what he wants to memorize, what he wants to focus on. We know um we still are on like the wiggles. And Blue's Clues and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're obsessed over. He has obsessive compulsive disorder. And so he knows every single episode of The Wiggles, um, the order it came out in, who starred in it. I'm that way with Game of Thrones. There you go. I mean, First time and Westworld. I, I, I met him. Um, he came up to me and he started reciting commercials. Mm-hmm. Oh, Geico commercials. I'm almost, I was almost stoned for having when he found out I had progressive insurance. He was like, what? <laughs> but but he, he was, go- I think it was um, Sprout, Sprout mm-hmm. commercials. Okay. He, he was going through Sprout commercials with me, and you had been working with him on this. And I was like, oh, no, it's okay. She's like, no, this is a goal. Mm-hmm. This is something we're working on. Two commercials. Yep, he's allowed to give me two commercials, but, I mean, word, word for word, mm-hmm. you know, just went through it. And he does not understand why my brain does not work like his does Mm -hmm. so he's like okay it's your part now and i go to say something and i'll leave out like an and or a but or the and he's just like oh come on mom to speak (laughs) yes exactly like where are you at keep it together Uh, that's funny Mm -hmm. yeah well that is interesting how much Mm -hmm. they're uh that it's about speech patterns are being Mm -hmm. picked up on Mm -hmm. so his his memory is amazing. Mm-hmm. I would love for him to memorize multiplication tables or, you know, something about history or pick something up 
that um, would actually be useful to him. And he, he and actually may get there. Yeah. Because Colin. Mm-hmm. Once he matures a little bit, I think that, you know, we're right on the verge right now of puberty. So we're seeing a lot of signs. And so as soon as we can get over this hill, it's, it's going to get real hard for us because we're in the crunch. So um, I'm, I'm anxious to see where we go from here. Because like I said, we're still on, we're still in this cycle of like, Blue's Clues, um, the Chica Show, um, you know, all of these things that like a three and four year old Sesame Street. We are obsessed with Sesame Street, the Wiggles, Barney. We like this kind of stuff. I see. Mm-hmm. In contrast, my son refuses to watch cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to watch How It's Made or, you know, Build It Bigger or something like that. And when does, it he comes do, does he play with Legos? He, he does, but he builds like seven story towers with elevators and electricity. Not like the small trash Legos that you're thinking. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, and uh, uh, like we'll get in. Uh, Thames and Cosmos. Love those kind of kits. They're, they're great. Sci- if you need a gift for a kid that's more scientific, Thames and Cosmos. I mean, do you think he's going to be able to like turn this into skill? And because it is a skill that he can do that into a job as like an architect yes. or a draftsman or an electrician. Or Colin I mean, is that a possibility smart. for him? We're, 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 I think, very lucky. Um, there's some programs now that, uh, that like Job Path, um, it's part of Friendship, um, where they take kids that are in high school with their IEPs and they put into that work opportunities where they can work in fields of their interest uh yeah here's another program i don't know if you guys know about but um i don't and i don't know to the extent of what um what types of people they all they deal with but they're uh, it's arkansas rehabilitation services Mm -hmm. have you talked with anyone over there we have been researching like just like you said so so basically here's how it works mm-hmm. and i don't know uh, but i think they take in everything that fits within this framework of okay you uh have x limitation mm-hmm. so you cannot work in y environment mm-hmm. so we're going to give you uh an a, a training or an education or a certificate or whatever is needed to ensure because they view it this way they're like if we pay for you to go to college a certain amount or whatever, um, and you are able to give back to the job market mm-hmm. versus right. being um, a burden on the state, they're mm-hmm. like, it costs less to train you. Mm-hmm. And then you versus um, like someone that already has a hearing loss, they can't work in a loud machine shop right. factory all day, every day where it's wah, that they'll go deaf by the time they're 40, 50 years old. And then they're not going to be as useful to society. That's basically the, Mm -hmm. so what uh, rehabilitation services does is they do the training and and things of that nature um, of people of all disabilities, right? So you could um, like, so you tore your, your tore your ACL out in high school playing sports and you may have very well gone on to be a successful athlete or whatever, but now just like, you're probably going to have problems with your knee as you get older. And like my cousin said, this happened to him and he got his part of his college paid for, um, through the same program for his ACL, but he's, he's torn his AC, he's torn his whole knee out. I think he's had three surgeries. Right. So, but they're like, well, you know, we're going to pay for you to become an engineer because that won't require you to use your knee as much. Mm Right. So it's interesting. Um, but that might be something that, you know, and it's a little more like exclusive in terms of like, uh, I know architecture is like, uh, 
master's PhD level education. So it's a lot of, and you have to jump through those gen ed hoops and all that. But, um, depending on, it's like, there's a option to clip out of things, you know, like you, like, let's say one of your kids is a genius in us history or European history, they can take a test pay the whatever it costs to take the test oh, and I it's didn't like know about this part. Yeah, that's on your gen eds you can't do that on like upper level courses but like uh college mathematics uh world history one and two or western civilization world civilization one or two uh united states history one or two i bet you could probably do that with biology and um you have to have two science credits for gen eds so biology and physical science or environmental science whatever it was um but that's um, that's an option. That's what they call it clepping. I forget what CLEP stands for. And there's also like different different colleges that have programs in place that help people mm -hmm. with. Um, Central Baptist has a program that helps people with autism. You know, Interesting. I wonder if more. I see. I teach a class at Moralton right now, and I'm going to be. I'm teaching a summer class there, and I don't know how they they've got me teaching more classes next semester. I don't have my whole schedule yet, but it's probably going to be like a lot. I might be putting you on the spot, but um, there is someone who's diagnosed with autism at, at Moralton. I actually work in Moralton, and so um, <laughs> do you work at the university? No, not at the university. Okay. I actually work at US Bank. Okay. So. Um, a lot of students came in one day and they were really upset because this person actually had a meltdown in class and the teacher had no idea how to handle it. All the children got very upset. It was after one of the shootings, mm -hmm. um, a school shooting. They were very scared. Yeah. And um, which that made everyone, um, you know, get up, move their desk, scrape their desk across the floor. The teacher didn't know how to handle it. They rushed out and they called the police. And so I didn't know if um, y'all, if you heard about this or if you... I have not heard about it, but it's my had, first semester okay, on the job. Or if so. you had any type of training there, if they prepare you... Yeah, they you, do, um, they to, to an extent, okay. to an extent. Um, I did take some online tests and things. So, like, I had an issue with a student mm -hmm. this, uh, like, at the very first of the semester... Mm -hmm. I was like, I'd just been talking about Genghis Khan and all of the raping and pillaging that he had mm -hmm. done. And then we moved on to Christopher Columbus, also a raper and a pillager. Mm -hmm. And I had a student that had um, had some sort of incident in their past. Post-traumatic Sexual abuse, yeah. And, um, you know, and then I have to be like, well, okay, there's a guy over here. And do you want to talk to him? Because uh, I, I could put you two in contact together, you know, and you handle it as, as sensitively as mm -hmm. possible. But it's like uh, we have counselors and things for mm -hmm. like so every single student that was freaked out by that, um, the, the professor should have known to say to all of those students in, in a email or the next class mm -hmm. or whatever, or, or, you know, if you hey, if you need to talk to somebody because you thought you were about to, you know, get shot up and right. Boom. And then same thing for mm -hmm. the um, student with autism. Mm -hmm. yeah. They should have been provided. Mm -hmm. And why, yeah, why I bring that is just like uh, Moralton being a community college, having a lot of those technical programs. Like mm -hmm. a, um, mm -hmm. one of my um, friends is a drafts, uh, drafts, I don't know. She's a, she's a female, so she's <laughs> not a drafts person. man. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, a drafter. Draft, a draft individual. Uh, 
a drafter. A person <laughs> she, who drafts. Yes, she who drafts. Um, but uh, there's all sorts of technical programs out there, automotive, mm-hmm. and they just built this huge wing. They're, they like, just dedicated the other day. Um, and uh, anyway. Well, at the high school, they now are, I mean, it's like they're kind of gearing things more towards that. Like there are classes that you can take that go into automotive engineering or um, into computer programming or into computer repair already at the high school. Well, into some of those fields um, might have in, in, a, in a less um, of those customary interactions that might be more taxing. It's like, you know, you could be um, an app developer mm-hmm. and, you know, like, I, I mean, I leave my, I leave here only to go teach you, uh, classes at the gym or a class at the university. Otherwise, I'm doing my work here, mm-hmm. like marketing for the gym, doing my podcast, editing my videos, hanging out with my dog, you know, whatever it is. But, like, I don't like going out. If I could do everything here, I right. would. But Cora Co- wouldn't, call, wouldn't let me put the like house that. next to the gym or a combination of the two. Was so bossy. She sounds so mean. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, well, you know, I think um I did think we we got to cover a lot of great stuff. Do you guys um do you guys want to go over like your ways to contact you, social media presence and all that? Like uh give give a plug for all your organizational mm-hmm. information. A Mom Arkansas on our Instagram. Yeah, definitely um, reach out to us. A Mom yeah. Arkansas at outlook.com mm-hmm. is a general email for us. Mm-hmm. Um Each one of us is accessible. Shannon, Gina, Allie, myself, we are all accessible. Um, On our business Mm -hmm. cards, we have all of our contact emails and phone numbers Mm -hmm. because we want families to be able to connect to someone, um, connect to someone that they actually connect with, like, on a personal level, but also connect with someone if they really need some help. Yes. Like, if they can't reach one of us, they're going to be able to reach somebody else. Exactly. It doesn't matter who they get a hold of they have a question if they need to get a hold of someone else like an actual resource we want to be able to put them in contact with them just call down the line until they get a hold of someone and, and you guys have a facebook group you said yes facebook page it's going to be a mom support they mm-hmm. go on facebook and okay. they can see all of our videos that we have on there from our meetings they can find out the next meeting our next meeting is going to be on the 17th at six o'clock and uh, it's A-M-O-M, mm-hmm. A-MOM Support. Mm-hmm. It stands for a meeting of minds. We always, it says A-MOM, but, uh, I mean, a meeting of minds. We want all the dads, the uncles, yeah, the yeah, brothers. Yeah. We you have know. dads involved. Yes. We, we do. Mm-hmm. We have dads at our we meetings. We don't want anyone to forget about the Papa Bears, so it's very okay, important. Yeah. Um, that, so why I asked about the group is probably mm-hmm. like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Because we have like 3,000 likes on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. which is not a ton. But for this area, it's not mm-hmm. bad either. Um, and we created a group, okay. right? So like uh, Forza Life is what we called it. The name of our gym is Forza. So, but now like that group has like just our gym members in there, okay. which obviously we don't have 3,000 members at the gym. But so like we still make all of our posts and do like so like the Facebook page is like we get the word out, we market, we share links, we like put an amalgamation of everything there. But like member specific stuff, we only post in there. So like and what it's become is this awesome community of like people interacting with each other absent of 
minor chorus involvement. Okay. It's just like, hey, I'm going to be at Open Mat today. Boom, mm-hmm. bar, are you coming? Yeah, hey, I'll meet you there. We're going to try. And so, like, they, in all the ways that you could interact, and then, too, they will post content in there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, interact with the group in different ways. And then I was, like, that's what I was saying about you can live on your Facebook page, and it'll always be there. But mm-hmm. if you live, like, we live in – um our groups and like I've been living like seminars mm-hmm. because they'll take up a lot of time and you can, it doesn't store it. You don't have to store it on your phone. Right. So, but then too, so like you can live like, like this is member specific, right? Whereas like maybe not everything, but maybe you wanted this to go out to the, all your likes and your general audience and everyone on Facebook that would ever see your page. And maybe you want this to just be part of, this is the community over here. But that's something we have a lot of success with a member group. And I like, we haven't done it the whole time we've been in business, but we've been doing it for the last couple of years. And it's, it gives people a way to really streamline interaction with one another mm-hmm. because you might be looking for support on your regular social media for donations or mm-hmm. people, um, you know, inquiring or just seeing, just seeing what you're doing, sharing your page because they're, sister-in-law you know or whatever mm-hmm. and um then we move you know then we move our then those people from like oh hey yeah you're on the inside now mm-hmm. you're in the member group where everybody has you know a child or a relative with autism okay more specific mm-hmm. yeah but it's just it's nice because it really like all, all only reason i'm bringing that up is because it like enriched the community aspect of what we're doing right. online and i think that's what a lot of people like crave Mm -hmm. even some people outside of our gym that are members from our larger organization they they would be in there my coaches are in there you Mm -hmm. know so it's um it's uh it's a good place to interact and it's more targeted okay you know yeah um as far as like who we want to share with in that not only do we want to offer that support to individuals with autism, to families that have someone with autism in their family, but we also want to reach that community. We want exactly. society to understand. Raise awareness. Mm-hmm. Knowledge, or under, uh, knowledge, I guess, fosters acceptance. Mm-hmm. When you understand why someone does something, it's easier to accept them. Exactly. If it's just that weird kid, as we sometimes hear, acting in a strange way, mm-hmm. you know, then then that person is still on the outskirts. But when you say stimming is something that's natural, you know, there's these different things that, that our kids are involved in that are natural for who they are. Then we find that people are like, oh, okay. And, you know, in, like communicating, like how to have a conversation with someone with autism. My son does not initiate conversations, but if you start one with him, he may continue a conversation. Other people with autism, you know, they're just going to tell you everything they know about something. And as people understand these things about people with autism, they may be more likely to ask a person with mm-hmm. autism a question and pause and give them that chance to respond. We're really wanting to make a very inclusive community instead of some people over here and some people over here. We're wanting everyone to be just blanketed under one thing, and that's just um, acceptance. Just, yes, acceptance. And then just individuals. We don't want them, you know, our children over here because they have autism. You know, they are people. They are individuals just like all their other peers. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, do you guys have like an online donation 
way people can do that setup yet? Not yet. We have not set that up yet. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. The, the just most basic way is PayPal. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Like, we have that okay, set up, okay. and even, mm-hmm. like, ConAgra has donated us in the past. Okay. Uh, and they just, like, give them the PayPal. Okay. We have a website set up in two, but they're like, uh, PayPal's easier. We're going to be putting a card number in. So, okay. and by, by all means, if someone has something yeah. they want to <laughs> donate to our organization, well, please contact us. We are now going to be up and running making changes. But, I mean, we just went from pending to we're now we're, a non-profit. So, we're official. Uh huh. Secretary of State, yeah. Well, good deal. Um, well, uh, like I said, we can maybe uh, collaborate on doing an event or something, we some sort of a that. workshop or, or mm-hmm. something with with uh, with the group or the mm-hmm. kids or the parents mm-hmm. or or whatever you mm-hmm. want to come up with. Or we would love that. We Not only would that help our kids, but whoever you had involved, that would be so much knowledge for them. It's enriching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well. That's uh, that's something we can we can definitely collaborate on, and if I can be of any help with uh, anything you're doing, uh, networking or otherwise, uh, let me know. We're always networking with other nonprofits. Like um, one of my members, uh, whose husband just came on the podcast, uh, runs the McElroy House in Dardanelle, okay. which is uh, more of like a cultural nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they've got a lot of awesome stuff going on. But we um, he designed our boxing club T shirt, and we've put, we you know we're networked with them, put their logo on our stuff, and are going to be giving them shout outs and stuff at the show and this weekend. So we're always networking with other organizations, um, like Revive Food for Kids mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Right. whoever whoever has a, a really awesome mission statement and goals and is getting after it because mm-hmm. i mean we we do as much as we can with our nonprofit, um but we you know we need better recruiting mechanisms and and right. things of that but it's there for anybody that wants to take advantage of it right. you know you know we talked your ear off but we didn't ask you why you became a nonprofit. uh well the uh first off, well i wanted to do it anyway but first off there was um the Russellville Police Boxing Club, mm-hmm. uh, they were cl- going to be closing down. Okay. And the guy that started it knew who I was, uh, trained some of his guys, and um, he asked if I wanted to take over. He was going to re- he was closing the club down, and he was going to be retiring the next couple of years from the police force, and he didn't want to do uh, the, run a club or you know anything anymore. So he asked if Corey and I were interested in taking it over in 2013. So we did, um, and we just offered the free boxing classes, but then we just expanded our mission statement and made it more of an umbrella. That way, if we want some kids that are ages five to seven mm-hmm. who or you know, we have somebody that comes to us, it's like, hey, you know, this person's never going to be able to pay a martial arts membership. They live with their grandparents who are on right. a fixed income and... Mm-hmm. You know, and we met him at this River Valley Food for Kids event or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we can still now bring those people in as well. That's so great. it's just it's a part of what we do. Um, we have a lot, obviously a lot of people that are not on the nonprofit or we wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do what we do. Um, we have a lot of members in general. If it's, we do yoga, fitness, kickboxing, boot camps, personal training. Uh, boxing, kickboxing, judo, jiu-jitsu, and MMA. Like, you got a lot going on. Yeah, like 60-something classes so a week. Yoga wow. might be a good class also to mm-hmm. offer yeah. for mm-hmm. kids and parents. Oh, that could see. We have a yoga instructor who's a good friend of Cora and I. Um, and she, you know, that might be an event too. Be might be like martial arts class mm-hmm. one time and like maybe like a, a yoga session. Mm-hmm. 
I do know we have a lady that comes, and I think, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that her daughter has Down syndrome. Oh, that'd be great. And she does yoga with her mom, you know, mm-hmm. and she's, and, you know, yoga is that place that it's like, uh, it's pretty, pretty quiet, pretty mm-hmm. chill. People are moving, but, and breathing, but no one's chatting mm-hmm. and no one's mm-hmm. disrupting the other person mm-hmm. or, you know, it's just led by one person. And, right not a not an audience in there either so but uh like i said let me know um if i can help you guys in any way and we'll uh go ahead and wrap it up if uh if if we've if you guys you got anything else you want to add no we are so appreciative of this hey yeah. cool cool well um if uh on down the road maybe your other two um board members yes. founders um they want to come on or something we'll just uh stay in touch and um see what we can come up with yeah you already said we could reach out to you at any time so, so you dug your own yeah. grave here yeah that's fine that's fine so would did you just see hope share the podcast yeah and just... i saw hope share the podcast and i watched it and then i commented on it i was like you sounded really good so on the other side of that table she was like you should reach out to brian i was like you don't have to tell me twice yeah well <laughs> i am looking to get as many people in here as um as you can as i well, think I my 57th say, episode i heard you say you like I need more women on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, we do. So I was like, well, we just happen to be women, so yeah. Here you well, go. like like my wife's been on um, a couple of times. Um, we've done a fight campaign and we watch a UFC, and I've had her and then my buddy's girlfriend and Hope and I mean, that's sort of, but we'll like for the for most part, there's mostly dudes come on this podcast and sit around and just talk about bro science and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll do the UFC for fight for you next time, and yeah, it'll be, a good, it'll be yeah. a good laugh. Yeah. Did you guys watch the fights this last weekend? No, I did not. Uh, no. Well, they were good. Were they? Yeah. I'm not saying I don't watch fights. Paramount Network but, fights. Okay. Maybe you can, you know, mm-hmm. catch it on TiVo or something. Mm-hmm. On I'm hoping we have an event Saturday with a rock. At the zoo, but I'm hoping that I'll be back in time to make it to your thoughts. Cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, six is when the doors open. Okay. You guys, um, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, there'll be kids ages eight and up, okay. and the adults too. I okay. actually participated in a kickboxing expedition at the Boys and Girls Club. Look what we find out. Oh, oh wow. my goodness. Uh, within. I trained Taekwondo, and uh, John Hubbard had put on a, I didn't know when you said about 10 years ago, it's been about 10 years yeah. since, I didn't know if perhaps that was the 10 years ago you were talking about. Uh, I was talking actually about a pro boxing show. Oh, pro boxing show, okay. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I did a little expedition with uh, kickboxing. Cool, cool. Yeah, my wife is... Um, a two-time amateur world champion kickboxer. Oh wow! So. Yeah, well, I would not get in the ring mm-hmm. with her, but um. did you do? Did you do leg kicks in your? Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. there you go. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I know a lot of um, your point sparring. You don't, which there's that's a different. There's point sparring, and then there's uh, this rule set where you can kick the leg, but you can't clinch and knee them. And then there's Muay Thai where you can knee right. them. It's all awesome. I'm like, you don't have to look at me when you're talking. Just go ahead. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy kicking people in the leg, though. So, but um, well, at a mom, we really there. There's a, a quote or a saying that says sometimes you have to create what you want to be part of, and that's what we've done is mm-hmm. we've created a, a a safe place where people can contact us, a great place for resources, um, and anybody and everybody out there mm-hmm. that that needs our support, come on, we're mm-hmm. ready for you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, if you guys don't mind, shoot me uh, maybe on Facebook or something some links Definitely. or um, th- and I, like I'll do a description and 
that way um, you get some backlinks to your social media and stuff and I'll I'll find you on uh, social but uh, to give me some stuff to just copy paste in the description Mm -hmm. to help get the word out for you and I'll get this posted uh, as soon as I can to YouTube the audio goes up a little faster Um, but you guys should be able to share it. Um, we're on Spotify. I don't know what uh, means you guys use to listen to stuff, but iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, there's a whole, there's over 10 different audio platforms that we've been distributed out to. So, but, um, you could share, uh, and we appreciate if you, if you share, because it drives people here and maybe they want to be on the podcast or whatever. So, but anyway, anyway, thanks for your time. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you so much. Thanks.